Robot and the Bear. Okay. Doodabit and the Bear. Robot 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 and the Bear. 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 Robot and the Bear. Robot and the Bear. With Eric Nakamura song. and Luke Chu. I miss that song. <laughs> I, I miss it too. We, you know, I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, we got to just do this. Just do it on Zoom. You know, yeah, it's, it's easier. Fun. It's, it's easier. easier. You know what? The, the weirdest thing is I went and tried all the microphones again. Uh-huh. They all work now. <laughs> I, may, I, I did clean everything. Maybe those dust or debris or something that was making it not work that day. But right now, mm. I got at least three microphones worked. I didn't wait. Did I try? No, I didn't try the fourth, but three work. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Anyways. Wait, who who are we interviewing? That we, had, were... we had trouble with Kelly Sucks' interview because uh, uh. one of the mic. It's like didn't didn't touch it through the whole pandemic. And then all of a sudden you plug it in. It doesn't work. Anyway, so welcome, everybody. We do have a few people that just trickled in right now. And we're hey starting early. It's like a countdown for the giant robot. Art bound. Art bound. Uh, Asian popular culture and beyond. That was yeah. the original. What was it? That was a later subtitle for the magazine, or was it the early subtitle? I can't remember. Mm. There was. We were called a magazine for you, or the magazine for you. Yes. And then it became Asian pop culture and beyond later. That was the oh. subtitle underneath the giant robot. Right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. In, the, yeah. in the beginning, it was the magazine for you. Mm. That's all it was. It was like what? It doesn't really make any sense, but it's all good. You, do you think that you became a little bit more subject specific uh, over time? Subject? Yes. Or Sub- theme specific? Oh, uh, kind of. And I, I don't know. I'm not sure about what was the, I don't, you know, it was like a kind of a blur, but I think it's almost like there's so much to do and you couldn't quite get your hands on everything you wanted to do. Right. But I think ultimately the idea was just make the best magazine you could and then write like a few days before we're going to print this magazine. We're thinking we look and go, is there a theme? And then we're like, no, but let's think of a theme. Let's make a theme out of this. You've had theme ones. Like I think you had one that was like, uh, like the adult entertainment. uh, Ah, we did. That's issue 14. So yeah, that one was deliberate, but a lot of them were, were not deliberate. The themes mm. came later, and we're just like, "Hey, there's a lot of music in this. I guess we're going to try to do something." But well, well, uh, I, I, I guess issue asking... fifteen, if, issue fifteen was music, but uh, yeah. But like you know, the I, I I guess maybe it's because of the name. Maybe it's because when you like open uh, like the first couple pages and you land on the top tens and the top fives and such, you know, you, you look and ob- everyone there is obviously Asian American. Um, not always or always most of the time it was and so it left that impression at least to me at the time an outsider um that like oh this is an asian american magazine and you know like the first issues where you had like margaret cho on the cover or jet lee on the cover or chun yao fat on the cover like you know that that was obvious i think the the first issue that i got into was the um the the one with jumbo machinders on the oh, on the cover that was so you and lofa uh lofa uh lofa is a sexy beast who's in chat right now yeah. uh started with the same magazine That's same a issue. issue and oh, i yeah. think i think it's funny because for some 
that was the point where they let go of the magazine. Some people quit right there. There's like, oh, okay, really? this, yeah. And some people quit there and some people started there. And I think it's interesting how that kind of happened because that's sort of the end of the super crazy and it just gets crazy, but the super crazy was the first 10. And I think that's, that's at 11. What, what was uh super crazy? Super. Like what, what the, made the magazine super crazy at the time? I think it was just a little out of control. Didn't know what we're doing. Uh, mm. really, and just kind of messing around with even the design. Just It was just like cram as much as you can. 11 starts where it gets looser. That's where there's a little less cramming. But then certain issues right. later, th there was a lot of cramming anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> number 11 was a looser one. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, we do have a dis you know, some few people here in chat, including mm -hmm. Rachel Narens. Yes. Oh, welcome. my girlfriend. Welcome. Welcome. Yep. Yeah, I know. I knew that. That's why I gave her a shout out. <laughs> uh, she makes a, a very great uh, daytime cake. <laughs> She's a great Me chef. She, very she, memorable. She very memorable. Anyways, but I think that's – I don't know if that was the question you were asking too about the subject matter or right, well, I mean, did you, did you go on thinking, I'm going to create a magazine for Asian Americans or <laughs> did you – <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, not at all, man. It was just for fun, right? A giant robot was uh, – it was a zine at first, but it started off – it was just for fun. It, it was sort of like didn't really know what was going to happen. But I think I, I was very driven for sure, like hell-bent on getting that first one done and making it as best as I could. A lot of content, right? The first issue was oh, really – There's so much – I can't even And it's tiny. It. It's tiny, but it's like a lot of content. And I think that was sort of the uh, – I just goal was that hey, if you're going to pay $2 for this, it's got to be better than time magazine. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> like I was like time magazine, you guys are making this magazine. I want to make a zine that's as thick as your time magazine, but better. That's kind of what I was thinking, you know, like right away I was already, I was gearing toward like what, what can these big magazines, you know, they have so much stuff in it. They have such mm -hmm. a big staff and I'm like, I want to provide value and content mm. uh, for that. That was kind of part of it too. And it was just, it was there was no attention on audience. It was just anything, you know. You you need to digitize all those those issues, and I think I it, would know, be huh? it would be great because then I could probably read issue one, two, and three <laughs> because well, the, I have the I have reprints so small. And, oh oh, <laughs> I see, I see. And, and, I was like tight, okay, and like because there's so much there's so much like content in there and it's just i think like... there's yeah there's some articles i think written in seven point font maybe or something or literally <laughs> right. i think so yeah uh, i'm not kidding once you, once you go yeah. lower than the nine in print it's like you're just yeah you know, see those are things stuff. that's it's stuff's out of control man didn't quite know <laughs> i think i think the the um the the footnote stuff. I think that was in five point or something. I remember doing oh some footnotes. God. Yeah, they're at the very bottom. We actually did footnotes because thinking uh, Giant Robot was kind of a source, and it's not like this academic journal. But the idea was it's kind of a source, you know. Like I was thinking, we're, we're doing there's research being done, and I wanted to provide the research because the whole thing was uh, it was kind of like providing yeah, it's providing your sources and also turning people onto other things pre-internet, right? Sure, and I think sure. the idea is to say, hey, we're talking about this and put a footnote. And it's like, well, this is something that you could read more about over here, right? And it was like a footnote. It was sort of like a hyperlink or whatever you want to call it or hypertext or it was like right. that. And But I, was, I think the idea was to provide that in a magazine, which other magazines didn't do that. But 
I think the idea was, yeah, we, we want to be a source. We want to be community. We want to reach people, give back, and all that kind of stuff that you would think about now. But I think at the time, it was just go for it, you know, and make a list of people and phone numbers that you can call and addresses of people you can write to. It was mm. That was in the backs of some of those zines. It's yeah. ridiculous. No, yeah. it's great that you you had that kind of foresight to think like, you know, hey, people are going to, you know, possibly be, you know, compelled by this information and, you know, provide them with the source for, you know, your content. Um, yeah. Or I, that's kind of the idea. for your content. Yeah. And I see uh, Nick Cha Kim is in chat. Just so you know, everybody who's uh, listening, which is a bunch of you. Thank, thanks. Thankfully, um, Nick Cha Kim is from KCET and he is part of the uh, a big part of the reason why this all took place. And uh, yeah. I think Nick Nick should be joining us ho hopefully at like after the productions over uh at 10 maybe if you can join us Nick. You did get an invite. Uh but yeah, Nick is kind of uh part of the team that who believed. <laughs> That's kind mm. of the part of it, right? Nick believed and uh uh thankful. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I I think he must have had a vision of what this would all be before i even thought this was possible that's kind of cool well, well nick i'm, I'm going to plant a uh the seed that you, you can mull over be, uh, before 10 o'clock and that is <laughs> a three episode series on giant robot because i kind of feel like there's a there's a lot you know that was kind of glossed over or missed and um you know concerning all of this and I I've heard that, you know, I've know. heard that from a bunch of people too, including other document, uh, documentary filmmakers said that, oh, this should, this needs to be a series. And I was like, I have no idea what that looks like. It would take a, an amazing producer to figure that one out and how to make it all happen and wrangle it together. It would take a, it would take Nick. It would take <laughs> Nick to, to do this. Maybe we like, you know. You know, yeah. you could use some of those giant robot resources for production costs and stuff like that because you yeah. know people. You oh, know people oh, oh, you mean, oh, this would be a, a, a GoFundMe that can make it happen probably and or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And there would be yeah. like these amazing premiums like a Luke Chu art piece. You know, you know, you could get, you could, <laughs> you know, what you could do is you could like get like all your art star friends to do doodles on fucking post-it notes and those could be like parts of like certain kind of you know packages post-it notes what about paintings my friend <laughs> paintings let's let's shoot high you're shooting for the lowest possible thing we need we're gonna this is gonna take cash i'm i'm not only i'm also you know I'm, I'm, that I'm, painting right behind you can go for say that could be one of the premiums i see it right there yeah thank you a not so silent auction is what's being said yeah <laughs> I'll think about it. Um. <laughs> I'll think about it. Oh, all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe this is good enough. The <laughs> post-it note was because, you know, post-it notes are part of the giant robot, you know, like story. As are that, large paintings. As are large paintings, too. As are large anyways, okay. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I, I would be honored. But anyway, so that, that we'll cross that bridge. But you could. That's a question for Nick later, if Nick can join us at 10 o'clock or so. Yes, Nick. Think That'd about nice. it. I'm planting that seed. You you have something to mull oh, over. And and Nick just said um, he has a piece by you from the time he did a story on you. Yep. When you, from, on we, from Spectrum. Spectrum. Yep. See? Oh, interesting. There's connections here, right? Yeah, yeah. 
it's amazing uh, so you, uh, i've, I've yeah. met nick uh gosh uh, two years ago um when Beginning i did my show the... at Corey hilford and um mm. they he showed up with you know a camera and you know did a I... nice very nice piece on me i was yeah. uh you know yeah it was great nick awesome. nick is the nick is the best <laughs> <laughs> vote for nick vote for nick <laughs> what vote for nick everybody vote for um, nick guys <laughs> yeah vote for nick <laughs> what he's running for something he's what are you running, running for <laughs> running for uh city council yeah. we need you nick we need you nick nick the yeah. city council the city needs you <laughs> yeah there you go it's <laughs> terrible <laughs> putting putting you in harm's way that, that's kind of what it is yeah. with, with all the chaos that's happening now in los angeles we need nick <laughs> mm -hmm. i think um nick is going to provide the link to the spectrum story for you or on you maybe okay anyways yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so wait uh we have let's see oh it premieres so artbound giant robot premieres in 15 minutes on uh, YouTube live, and I know there's yep. people waiting, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And I know it's going to yeah. show on. It's we showing will on. Be, yeah, we won't be streaming the video in this stream, but yeah, we can be we can like make a couple snarky comments. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, because I have it on a laptop right underneath here, so I can watch it. Uh, I don't want to put it on the screen. Who knows what kind of uh, you know, rights, sound rights, or whatever it is that can happen, and we can get right. flagged. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's a... better we don't. I don't know. It's all uh, good. The, 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 so we last was it Friday? Yeah. Um, yeah, last Friday we got a chance to um get a sneak peek on it. And um I was I was it was great. You made it made um one of the uh your your friends uh cry. Uh it you you kinda didn't so actually so Daniel Wu definitely yeah. started like he was tearing up he his voice cracked um yeah, a was, lot. He, he was very moved by the So so people couldn't out. tell because I don't know why people couldn't tell. James Jean did too actually. And I don't yeah. a lot of people didn't notice, but I'm sitting right next to him and I'm like, "Oh my god, he's like starting to like he's welling up too." Wow. Actually. I, I don't know if you knew I that. A lot of people didn't, didn't notice, but that. he Oh, he sat next to me and I'm like, "Oh my, that's where I was I said I was mortified by this because even James was doing it. I'm like, "James, you're doing that?" <laughs> and the director Dylan, uh, Dylan Robertson also and it was just a lot of people said they teared up. Uh, even people who watched it alone or seen it alone, you know, just like they they teared up. I've heard that from a couple of people who got to see mm. this already. So, see, I really you know this crazy. is it would have been great if I was interviewed because you know right when you they were, showed, you were interviewed. <laughs> I, uh, no, well, I was interviewed in the store, but uh, they were supposed oh. to do an interview with me at the studio. Um, oh, and. The timing just didn't work out. Oh, there was I a lot of up. yeah. No, and, you didn't. And and then there there could have. This is when the comedic break could have happened when they showed the final issue of Giant Robot, and then they could have just cut to me saying, "Yeah, I killed the magazine," which is I, something I, I like. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> it was either me or or freaking but, Lincoln Park. But we <laughs> but we talk about that too. I think it's in, you know like it was just that issue was actually you know I didn't I forgot that it was less pages. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't even realize it was less pages. A little bit. I, I, it was one signature less, so I think it's we saved a little bit of money to print that one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, bummer. It was the. But, I think it was the thinnest, technically, the thinnest issue since like 
maybe yeah, issue but it was still two. a smart bound <laughs> issue like it wasn't yeah, a saddle stapled yeah. you know yeah um, but i think that's just really funny i think it's the thinnest one since issue two wow yeah i think those, that's true and for like what like the first like 15 or so issues it was still saddle stapled yeah, but I think they were more pages maybe than 72, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, though. I've already forgot, but mm. yeah, it's all good. Mm. Yeah. That was uh, the hookups that had already taken off by then, right? Yeah, the hookups uh, was a advertiser for, I don't know, maybe 60 issues perhaps or something like that. Yeah. Like something really long. I think they advertised from issue four all the way to a long time and uh, yeah, uh, really yeah. amazing. And that's and then, Jeremy Klein, who uh, uh, he's an interesting character. But <laughs> I think he just had the, you know, he just kind of was, um, he liked Asian pop culture. That, that's yeah. it, you know? No, it, 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 it was something I felt like he could always depend on. You could always yeah, I think depend the one, on. I, remember Actually, I think what, you even yeah. wrote something about it. I think you even wrote about hookups not being in the on the back cover, like in the, in the magazine on the, the issue that like they, mm. you know. We might have, but interesting thing is, I remember I asked him like, he's in, so he was he was a, Jeremy Klein is um, some people like him, some hate him because he's kind of, yeah, he's not he's, he's an Orange County he's an Orange County person, I could say that, <laughs> but uh, but put it this way, he was one of the best street skaters at that time, right? Maybe the early '90s, he was one of the best street skaters doing crazy tricks like in '92, mm '91. -hmm. He instead of like listening to hip hop or like hard rock he was into shoegaze music you know oh, really? he was like yeah he's a shoegaze fan and he would tell me like he would just ask me these questions because he knew i like shoegaze at the time and he said cocteau mm -hmm. twins he just loved the cocteau twins to no end and he said oh. every other band that sounds anything like them they're just not as good like he would just keep saying that and then uh, wow you know, so, much, so so much hate in this man's heart well he mm -hmm. you know he heard lush and would and would say they're just not as good as the Cocteau Twins. Like every, you know, he was. They're, well, they're he was, not the Cocteau he was a, Twins. That's a, that's the thing. Lush is yeah. lush. lush. But he was a different. He was a different. Yeah, but he was a different kind of guy. You know, when it comes down to it, he, he, uh, yeah, in a different world. So everything about what he was into was completely uh, not skater kind of thing, except mm -hmm. Giant Robot. Giant Robot fit his whole vibe, except he was an Orange County like kind of, you know, Orange County dude. A very Huntington Beach. Before it was Weebin. Okay, I didn't say that, but yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. That was interesting. He that was. They had you walking through uh, Anime Expo too. Yeah, like, I like Anime Expo. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I'm, I'm I was, not saying I was, you didn't. I just, I just thought it was kind of interesting because, like, the anime aspect of uh, in or even the weeb kind of. Like, I was, thing. I was, I was, I was weeping. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just saying the magazine. Like, it, it always kind of felt. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about this later on, but like, yeah. You know, I was going to say that, like, you know, the one thing that I always kind of, that you know, that specific issue, the uh, Jumbo Machinery issue. Oh, number had, 11. Yeah, it had, uh, didn't that also have the Kogel article in it? I think it did, yeah. Yeah. I think it did. And that was the one, that was the first time I kind of realized that, you know, Asia, Asian culture within within that culture has subcultures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I, I'm going to bring in somebody. Let's yeah. see if this works. Let's see if it, Dylan. Oh, it's the director. I don't know if you are, can you hear us, Dylan? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Awesome. Everybody, this is Dylan Robertson. Uh, Hi, Dylan. 
Hey, how's it awesome, going? man. Nice. Um, nice. Are, are you in your uh, uncle's den? Where are you? Yeah, I feel wood paneling is going to feature really prominently in this episode of uh, Giant right Robot. Okay. So yes, uh, we we've got our wood paneling uh, '70s den action going on here. I think before this starts, I wanted to just say thank you so much. Uh, I I think even at the panel discussion on Friday, I was trying to say thank you. And I couldn't answer any questions until I said thank you, like over and over and over, and show my appreciation. And by the time I finished all that, I couldn't remember the question. And uh, that's what I felt like. And then I really couldn't answer any more questions. And I only felt like saying thank you over and over and over the rest of that evening. Honestly, that's kind of what it felt like. So if you notice, or if anyone recorded it, I don't think I really answered any of the questions that were asked. I think I just ignored it all. I was like, I can't, I can't answer these questions. I, I'm, I have to express more gratitude first. Uh, that's what it felt like. Well, I'm going to be really now. I can't answer questions because I feel overwhelmed with gratitude. I mean, just being able to tell the story and work on it with a huge team, you know, it, it's a lot of responsibility. You guys changed so many of our lives, and uh, like I said, I still remember the day I picked up that first issue of Giant Robot magazine. Um, you know, our house is littered with art from the gallery and, uh, you know, to be able to tell the stories, pretty, pretty rad. So in the beginning, when you, I met you before we started filming anything, I think you said that you were at these art shows and you were at this place and I, I was there, you said that. And I was, I was thinking, no, you weren't, man. I was thinking, no, you weren't. I was like, oh, this is how you're going to get like more information from me or something. I was thinking that I was like, you weren't there. Yeah, you weren't. Because every time there was an event, you're like, I was there. And I was like, no, you weren't, man. You know, like, <laughs> and then you showed me a picture in front of GR2 when we did a Cozy and Dan show. I'm sorry, at Giant Robot store in 2001 sorry, yeah. or two, right? 2002, yeah. maybe. And there's a picture of Dylan uh, 21 years ago, wearing a polo shirt, maybe of some sort, maybe a Fred Perry. I'm not sure. It's a, it's a prison shirt. It's actually an LA. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, I couldn't tell. I thought it was a polo, but, and you're drinking a beer. And I was like, you were there. Like you were there through everything. (laughs) This guy was through there from everything. And I was just like, wow, I think you're too tall. I I just probably only saw up to your neck anyway, but yeah, this, this dude's tall. I was, I was a lurker, apparently. Um, and, you know, that was back when photography, you know, you get a roll of pictures back and you're all excited to see them. And then, like, the first pictures, like, you know, people are, their eyes are closed in the second picture. Yeah, going through that archive was incredible. You know, uh, it was amazing. So, yeah, that does not make it in the film. I do not look good at that all. I thought I was going to make a cameo, but no. So, um, but Yeah. We were there for, I was there for a lot of it and had been waiting, lurking, stalking for 20 years to make a doc. And, you know, shouts out to Nick, who hopefully will join this podcast where I was listening in, but at uh, Artbound. Awesome. Originally, I was like, he's like, we're talking about this season. I said, I'm going to pitch you two words and we're going to do a show. And, you know, and usually most people are like, no. And I was like, giant robot. And he's like, that's really good. And so, yeah, that's where it started. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy pitched it and, you know, it was just amazing. I, I was uh, touched by that. But I think one of the things that I think maybe, I, I mean, with a film like this, you, you what, uh, yeah, I know that it's this is uh, for KCET, not the biggest budget. You also started this year. 
I don't remember. Was it April or May or even like maybe the most of the shooting took place in the summer? Yeah. And my, here it is, you know, just the end of the summer. It's crazy. It's done. Yeah, this is fast. I mean, you know, a lot of documentaries take years to develop, years to shoot post-production. We were, you know, start to finish March to October. Um, it, it was a sprint the whole way through. So, yeah, but yeah. I mean, th this is how Giant Robot was made, though. It's the same thing. No budget, no time. But still, nobody knows the difference. Everyone thinks it's high budget, and we ha have, like, unlimited staff and unlimited money, unlimited time. And that's how every issue of Giant Robot was made. It was the same thing. And so this doc, the way you did it, makes all the sense in the world to me. That we, it's uh, just like, you know, it, this is, like, exactly how it should be. We, so we would say that to interviewees. And first off, our apologies to the many people who aren't in it because part of that time was... Luke, Luke, right here, you mean? Luke? Oh, my apologies. We have I'm, great I'm appearance. Yeah. And we had a bite from you that, that was in uh, towards the very end. So my apologies. But oh, but no. there, we couldn't get everyone in. I mean, hundreds of people have been written, you know, written artists, um, but also just, you know, schedules. But yeah, we we would... We wanted that sort of punk rock feel, so we would just find places on the street and have that feeling like you would just be there. And I remember Dave Cho's interview. We decided to just shoot downtown in a street corner, and he's literally telling an emotional story. And you can see part of a truck if you watch the film pull up. That is a sewage truck that is pulling up to to clean out the sewage right wow. behind us. So yeah, we had to pause that interview. Um, but he kept saying, everyone kept saying, oh yeah, this feels like giant robot. And we didn't know if that was a compliment or not, <laughs> but oh, it, we definitely it, want yeah. that vibe. Well, I think this, um, the, the premiere of this is going to start in two minutes. Mm -hmm. So I have it open on a window on my uh, laptop. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, I guess we can watch it, but also talk through it for those. I mean, some of the people have seen it. And if you are going to get annoyed by our commentaries, uh, you could shut us down or turn us down and watch the show, right? But a lot of us have seen it. Luke's seen it. Uh, obviously, we've both you've seen it too many times, Dylan. But uh, and some of you guys have seen it too. So we'll be here though. And the whole idea is uh, we'll chat through it. If you want to hear this version, you could always watch it again too. But right now, yeah, it's going to start in a couple of minutes, which is crazy. This whole like I don't know this whole chase or this whole race. I guess got it's here. It is the finish line's right in front of you. That's amazing. How, how does that feel? It feels really good. I'm sitting here with my wife. I'm about to have a. Are you allowed to have glasses of wine and uh? On live stream, dude. You can what do whatever it? you want. In, what's man. it? What's in here? <laughs> it, it could be water. It could be uh, pee pee. It could be anything. I mean, it doesn't matter, man. Up, up to you. It's all good. Um, it's yeah, this, the stream. This stream. This stream could be rated R plus if we want to. It doesn't matter. I mean, Luke, you probably have a feeling like you know. I feel like Eric and Martin are the nicest and at the same time most intimidating people. Because yes. of how cool they were, and to finally being part of the giant robot community, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was. This is what we were talking about in the very beginning of the the stream. How like, um, how intimidating, um, they are. Like you know, so like so much cool, and then um, you know, and then and you then, meet us, and then when you get to know us, you're like, oh man, what, what was <laughs> I? What was I intimidated by? Seriously, no. <laughs> Until you actually start an opinion on something and then it comes out. It's interesting, like, yeah, how calm you are and nice you are. And then, like, you know, you'll have opinions about things and you're like, oh, there it is, you know, which is rad. Oh, okay. Awesome. 
Okay, well, they, wait, this stream's going to start shortly. Man, whoa. This is uh, the world, technically the world premiere uh, on TV. And do you have, do you have somebody got to, is, is your wife want to be on stream? Is that your wife or your kid? That's my wife. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to have like. Your wife is like your height. That's crazy. <laughs> That's the powers of heels. She thanks you. Oh, okay. I think she's like six two or something. You're six four, probably. Yeah, so. I'm a tall, awkward dude. Yeah, it's all good, man. All good. Wow. I don't know how this works. Premiere will begin shortly, and I don't know how it. Uh, does it just right. turn? Do I need to refresh? Everyone's I like saying here. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got the same window. Um, yeah. Okay. Right It'll be all good, man. Either way. Um. Uh, so happy. I'm thankful. I can't believe. You know, it's like. I don't know. So did you did you guys film Remember in that tiny storage room? Darling <laughs> or, wait, yeah. Wait, wait. Not. That's he never oh yeah. That, and that yeah. was packed with Darling had the stuff. Worst I mean, we spent yeah. three days cleaning out and resigned from boxes. the Venice neighborhood Because, you know, we're all about authenticity and documentary. You're like, oh, we have to be there. You have to be there. And Eric was like, you don't want to film there. We're like, Several years ago, I actually, in my hunt for all the back issues that I didn't have, went digging through that. And um, uh, I've, got, I've got a 1 minute and 32 second countdown. Oh, you do? Yeah. For the premiere. Luke, you and I are bonded. Because that's basically, that was my backdoor way of getting back your shoes. <laughs> Did you get everything that you were missing? Oh, pretty much. And then I kept losing stuff. Because, like, our like, I use them for shoes. Really wow. Oh. Hmm? Is my, is my, is my, uh... Sound too loud for the. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh wow! Oh, there's a countdown. Holy smokes! That's yep. who did that minute. background crazy? Who did that crazy 80s? Oh, it changes. Yeah, it's pretty neat graphics right there. I don't know. Uh, uh. It's a YouTube sorry thing. I think you all YouTube premieres are like this. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh wow, that was loud. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, this? Yeah, you yeah. can close it. I was I was shocked on how okay. sparse it was in your video because the times that I'd been there it was it was insane. <laughs> now most of that stuff is still in my garage because we pulled it out to film it, and I have yet to. Thanks for the doc, Eric. Here's all your stuff back. Well, I th I I did provide everything full access, whatever it is. Uh, so you'll you'll be seeing. Uh, old video i mean i gave you a shoebox literally a shoebox of video i think tapes and cassettes or whatnot and you used i mean i think you went through everything no oh, you wow were, you were great five four do people normally not do that two one oh, oh we it already started for me oh did it okay um, scary we can talk through this too if we want to i mean yeah. Yeah. i'm impressed here we are wow yeah, I wish you could have gotten Barry McGee um, for the uh, – um, the... I texted Barry yeah. McGee today, but he is just – he declined, 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 declined. Ah. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, it looks yeah. really – looks really yeah, neat. Everyone's going to be seeing the clean – Oh, wait. We're looking at a trailer. I was like, wait, am I watching the film? It's a trailer. I'm like, what is this? So, yeah, everyone's going to be watching the clean version. So – um, because it's for PBS, we have to redact all of the swear words in the early issues. So uh, a little oh. Easter egg for the live stream, you'll see scratch outs and things oh, wow. like that. Um, Wait, didn't, I mean, 
you, you had something like that during the uh, the the screening for the on camera for the on camera uh, swear words. But this is actually in the magazine itself. So mm. you'll, see, you'll see a lot of um, it was colorful that language. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If anybody wants them, go ahead and share this stream or share that stream, please. You know, if, if anyone's up for it, please share the stream. If you want. Anyway. Of LA. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Eric uh, Stearns. It, it is not. It's it's on the um, it's on another channel starting right now. Yeah. It's on. You, uh, can just, you can Google Giant Robot Artbound. It's on right now. Just starting. Yeah. See, here I go. I'm weaving. Yeah, totally weaving. I thought it was funny that you guys showed a um, um, Avatar, the, uh, the Last Airbender, because <laughs> um, it's not really technically anime, but we, it we, is American, and it's very influenced by anime. So, you know. like to incite the anime friends to get them really. This is the the, the billboard was great. Um, the thing, the um, transition from the like. Um, and nowadays, you know, you have the you know, everything everywhere all at once billboard and then it goes to the 80s kind of thing. So, wow. What happened to my hair? <laughs> I got a big applause like that. Your hair, you weren't there. It got as much applause as like any moment. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. No, the, the long hair shot freaked people out. People wow. like lost it in the, uh, in the, including me. I was like, what? <laughs> I think I don't have very many photos of me with long hair, right? Did you, you could, you went through a lot of photos. Did you find many? There's uh, some, but. I would say a special shout out to Maz, our assistant editor, who went through the, all that VHS footage. And we basically had a mission of like, because there's like two years where Eric and Martin have long hair and then they cut it off. And so we can't use any of the archival photos. And they kept talking about their long hair. So we're like, you have to find it. And it was a mission. And thank you, Maz, because you, he would. You really went deep for that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was a lot of tapes. Is this your footage, um, Eric? The no. um this no. no. Oh, it this was from a NBC Asia spot, I believe. Oh. This is the Swirlies. We're watching oh. the Swirlies. Shoegaze band. See? Oh. I'm, I'm legit. You are legit. I feel bad. This... That was at the end. There was an edit there where because we talk about punk and we don't have a big punk show. And I wish like there was some like swirling mosh. I'll give you all like the extras and the, the dirty inside. But and, shoegaze, uh, shoegaze to me is as punk as punk is. It's just a different kind. It's a sad punk. Yeah. <laughs> the swirlies are often put in like. There he is. Oh my God. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Every time I see it, still it, it, like the second time it was long-haired wow. Eric. I know, right? Oh, long-haired Martin! There he is, right there. Yeah, still is. Classic. Look at that. <laughs> I still have that jacket, by the way. <laughs> Vintage um tennis jackets. I don't know. Oh my God! There it is. That's the bass player of uh, Mudhoney that was standing next to me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was at U uh, no, Irvine, I think, the show. So, yeah. No, it was at UCLA, that one. That that show? It was UCLA. Yeah. It was UCLA. Yeah. I, see, it was. This guy's got an encyclopedic knowledge. It's amazing. It's my life, man. I, I got to remember that. <laughs>
but yeah, it was fun to film this archival footage, um, you know, setting up the early days was important to us kind of given that perspective of, it's funny, we pressured Eric, how much of an outsider were you? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have been that much of an outsider. Oh, there are stories that hit the floor. There, yeah, there's even more outsider stories. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. See? I'm an outsider. I guess I did a hair flip. That's, That's great. How did saying. you recreate that? Did you actually cut the magazine apart and put it, you know, animate it like the assemblage, uh, the assemblage of yeah. issue one? Dennis did the animation on that and he did a great job on that one. He, um, yeah, he scanned it, cut it apart, kind of redid it and uh, put it together. Oh, are those all ble ble um, bleeped out curse words? That... Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. I wrote that. So was this, is this what it was I, like? I wrote, I, wrote, I, wrote that, I wrote that article, <laughs> FYI. Um, what was it like? No. And is this what it was like, you know, like putting assembling issue ones? Did you put did you put them all together yourself, Eric? A lot of people did. Like my oh, wow. mom made even my mom did. Nice. Like literally. It was just table, dining table at my mother's parents' house and circle the table and just uh, hit the stapler at the end. Wow. Did you own a cell stapler? Yeah. Those used to be uh, really oh, expensive. Not electric, manual. Yeah, manual. Like Yeah. Like oh, I there's my old bed. That's my bedroom at my mom's house. Look at that phone. I know. You have to explain to kids what a telephone is and what a magazine is. Telephone had so cords that's the room. a long time ago. That's the storage yeah. room. And No. Oh, this no. is the storage room. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm about like one or two seconds ahead of you. Oh, it's okay. No worries. Yeah. We went all night in that as well. Like, Eric, we, we filmed like six hours. We had like six hours on that interview. And Eric could have done another six. It was I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Oh, man. Uh, issue three. That, that Asian girls are rad thing just keeps popping up at least twice, I think, in this documentary. I know. It's a shout out. It's fine. That animation was done at my house. Mm. So, yeah. With the shrimp chips? Yep. That's no. me. That's actually me <laughs> eating the shrimps and drinking the soda. <laughs> Well, one of the things that we tried to figure out is like, so this is about Look at a, that. It, it even gives a shout out to uh, another one of the films. Yeah, the Loving Rockets guys. Yeah. Sorry about that, Dylan. No, that's more important. Cambodia. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this was great. The <laughs> the empty page thing. Like, uh, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so I was ripping those out of many as many as I could, but then uh, maybe some of them I didn't. So that's one of the ones that still has it in there. We so tell me about this Margaret Cho interview space. Oh yeah, it's so for people who know it's she didn't want to. We asked her, but we're, we felt we were like, what is the most punk rock place you can be? And we wound up figuring out an answer that that would be the bathroom at the Smell. Oh. So yes, no. Margaret Cho is being filmed at the bathroom at the Smell, and is so punk rock she doesn't even need you to know that that's where she is. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. It is crazy. This is a person that I never met until uh, last Friday. And she did such a great job here. Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the bathroom did not smell at the smell. It was actually... Really? 
Yes. They, they, they clean it up. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that. I should be like, oh, yeah, it was horrible. And, like, you know, we well, survived. It was- I mean, if you wanted, I could have just given me five minutes before you guys got there. I'll take care of that. <laughs> if you, you know. Yeah. It's, it's within me. I think every Asian American who was here in the 90s remembers that Time magazine. You know what? I barely remember it, but my parents were not Time magazine subscribers. Mm-hmm. They they'd probably never seen it. Is my actually? Guess. I don't think my my parents were either. But I remember when it was like like talked about on um, the news. Oh, I see. You know, I think that kind of eluded my whole family. I they, it was already like that without the magazine. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I'm I was supposed to become a I don't know what a lawyer. I don't know a doctor. Right. I'm supposed to become. I'm supposed to be a doctor. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, I know. Didn't work out. I think my parents quickly knew by like junior high that I was not going to be a doctor. <laughs> that um, that was actually a thing that quickly became like a subtext in the beginning, but then we realized, like, it started about giant robot, but then we realized it was very much about counterculture kids whose parents put pressure on them, but then forged their own path. And again, it started with Nick. Because Nick, uh, the producer, told me the story with his parents. And then we decided to buy the magazine and the time. And we'd cart all these magazines. Because the crazy thing about this doc is you're making a doc about something that people haven't seen in 20 years and haven't held. And right. it's not online. So, yeah, we drag them out to, like, physically. And that's how we wound up with that thing with Daniel. Um, it's my wife, by the way, Katie. So Hello. Welcome to the stream. Oh, Actually, gosh, since she's here, I don't know if she could hear everything, but uh, can you tell us about what did Dylan disappear for a few months? Because he got this whole production done and uh, it's kind of in a very short amount of time. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. And the way I would catch up seeing him is I would go in his edit studio in the um, garage and after I put the kids down and I would stay up for a few hours with him while he was putting edits together and music cues and stuff. So. You know, that's a few hours. You would actually hang out that long. Well, you know, that's how I'm usually a producer on most of his films because uh, you are. I didn't know that. I give I give um, all the notes. (laughs) I'm I'm his perspective when he's been like in it too long. Awesome. That's what I do. That's why one of our Dylan. That's why it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. She made the beginning better. Like she watched it and I thought it was done. And then she's like, it's good. but The beginning's got to change. So I actually said it. Yeah. (laughs) boring first five minutes but then i'm in i'm in it from there so you can do it let's go that's that's what you need in partners in life is like i love you but like that part sucks i was like we didn't come this far (laughs) to not have the the beginning perfect so work a little harder awesome (laughs) my mind's blown i didn't know this i assume yeah good yeah well dylan maybe next time she just can make it and you can I'm just kind of bossing around. Well, we've been together for She'll 20 make... years. One of our first dates was that giant robot. You know, I met Dylan when I was 21. So we, the reason why I actually, this doc is so special to us is because giant robot made me feel like art was for me. And I never felt like I could be in that scene or a collector. And we bought our first piece 20 years ago at that show. And that's when we started collecting art. So that was really, it's really meaningful to us on so many levels. So, see, you really were there, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were both there. We can get it's a death piece done, little little piece, and then we got a Souther Salazar. 
and uh, went went on and on from there. Wow, mind blown! Awesome, giant, giant oh, robot opening doors. Hating. Yeah, we're ahead of them. I think oh, we're watching. We are. We're watching it on KCET. Yeah. Oh, I see. We're yeah. We have it on YouTube. I'm we're... sure they're seconds apart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we have Margaret Cho on right yeah, now. Margaret Cho's on is, doing yeah. uh, the uh, uh, this American Girl one. Oh, yeah, that was good. It's interesting the article she wrote. (laughs) (laughs) White guys that like Asian girls. She's like, I get to write about whatever. I'm like, well, that's what you want. So it's, uh, she was really insightful, you know. She was. Her answers, and she's really good here. Yeah. Context-wise, really good. And her experiences, I forgot. Like, she actually lived all this all the stuff, you know, all the stuff she actually wrote it. So that transpathetic article, if you ever get a chance to read it, it is, I remember it. It's really Frank. I mean, that guy basically it's, you know, we didn't really talk about that back in the day. And she it's one of the amazing things about giant robot that you just pasted it right on the back cover of just how awful that photography session was, you know? Mm. Yeah. That was, uh, Yeah. The landing page, it's sort of like that, that last page sort of you're supposed, it's supposed to leave you with something. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the way to end the magazine was like that. It's just like definitely an exclamation point, you know, yeah. we like those. This was interesting. The, um, skating, um, at the, uh, um, yeah. um what's the name of the location? Yeah. So when you show this, you don't really say who's skating or anything. Was that intentional? I mean, yeah, we eventually say yeah. it's it's Renee Tijeme uh, Pena's um, footage, but we don't we don't cop to it in the beginning because we wanted to get you in the mood and make you feel like you're there. Um, but she made a film about Skate Manzanar later. Yeah, and, from uh, reading the article, you know. Yeah. After reading the article, she wanted to make a live uh, video version, and uh, I was like, you know what? I don't want to go. And then. Uh, this was my roommate at the time. My roommate. Uh, I was wondering he, if it was you, Eric. I was like, oh, that's, I didn't know Eric skated. It's left, it's, it's left. I mean, I could do that. I could ride the skateboard like that. That's that's not – this is big wheel stuff. So it's like you're basically going in a straight line most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, because it's dirt, right? It's kind of – I don't know. It's a, you can't do too much. Right. But, right. yeah. No, it was, it was a really interesting adventure. But, yeah, Rene Tajima Pena's kind of captured this uh, story really interestingly. And uh, Mike Louie, that was his name, and or that's his name. He contributed to the magazine a lot, and he was the one that went on this trip. Yeah, she was amazing. Great interview. I probably had to work. <laughs> <laughs> Great interview. Super. She actually swears we cut it out. I wish we'd cut it in. She actually, because, you know, she's such a revered filmmaker, but she had this one line where she was like, this reminds me of my third grade teacher and telling you, F you, you know, this actually happened. And I, on a longer uncensored cut, I would have cut that in. But uh, yeah, she ends, not to give it away, but she ends the film. She really um, had some really poetic things to say. She equated uh, Giant Robot to jazz, which I thought was amazing. Um, she was saying, you know, Asian Americans, you know, what is our thing? What is this thing that we have that we haven't identified? And Giant Robot was that. And I was like, damn, that's a amazing comment so. yeah she's uh you know i mean that she's a professor for that reason she sat behind yeah. me in the screening i was terrified that she wasn't gonna like it no it well don't know right but yeah it was really 
just amazing. Texted Dylan a really nice text. Yeah, she said, well done. So I was like, yeah. yeah. Well, she's a filmmaker herself, a different kind, I guess, but still, you know. I mean, one of the legends. Yeah, in Asian American land, definitely a legend. In filmmaking, a legend, you know. That too. Yeah, that too. That too, that too. Really cool, though. Super, uh, yeah. It's just it, that you took care of that part really well. Thank you. I think. And Dan, Dan's music through it, you know. Actually, one of my favorite cues coming up is right now over David Cho in this whole introduction. Dan's, Dan's music is incredible and uh, just really unique and out there. Yeah. Well, that's him, man. Um, he's going to be joining us at uh, 10 o'clock. He'll be yeah. he'll be on this stream too. Nice. Yeah, we got a, a lot of guests at ten. After this is done, we have a a list of folks who's going to be joining us. Uh, Daniel Wu, uh, Adam Fowler from Jawbreaker. Why not? Clutting Co. One of the writers. Oh, cool! She's amazing. She's going to be joining us. Is she amazing? No, she's amazing. This, this is an inside joke that only like cracks, cracks me and the editor up. There's a line that Martin says. He's like, "Oh, David Cho." Um, he loved giant robot and was looking for jobs. And the video we have of him is spray painting a wall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we think that's hilarious, but uh, I don't know if anyone else does. But uh, the, the ride, the bus whales. Yeah. I love that. I'm glad that you it's guys put iconic. that in here. So good. These are yeah, fun. Also iconic. the montage images. Cause we had so many magazines. We were like, how the hell do we show like, you know, that he, people did stuff and like, you know, I mean, it's the word magazine. It's filming a magazine for a documentary is hard. It's a 16 by nine and then it's four by five, but it's really nine by 16. So we ended up doing some of these, like where we just did these collages and I felt like mm. kind of came off well to kind of also give you this idea that, like, you know, when you read a magazine, you kind of lose yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, we wanted this feeling like there was never an edge to the magazine that you're just kind of like words are kind of coming from every angle. You know, um, I yeah. see. Yeah, really cool. It worked. And actually, oh, oh. Dave actually was really good in this documentary. I was just worried about. Like, I was like, "Is he going to be good in this?" But he was really good. I, it's you know, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it, I just thought he'd be like cussing, and you know, but he really put context to it. So also, and you guys were all there. You know, he, I mean, you see, look at the images. He, he was what? He started drawing in issue 11 all the way up to the no, end. I, I think it's nine. It's not nine, nine. nine. Yeah. Issue nine. And he was, a, he became a close friend of mine. You know, like we became really close, hung out a lot. It was really great. You guys all did. You see that, you know. But it was kind of the beginnings of this uh, giant robot, whatever world or community, right? It just kind of was starting right there. It's interesting. That's a great yeah. contrast right there. The like the the Jane magazines and then the giant robot. Yeah. Yeah, we had she, she there was another line we cut out where she talked about she worked for Jane magazine and she never saw Asian women. You know, that was one of the things I really wanted to show was just how different it was to see Asian American women. And I actually have a shout out to Giant Robot. Not only did you guys put Asian American women on, but the way you photographed them like they like if you look at that Jenny Shimizu cover, like she's herself. Like it's not, it's powerful, but it's it's fully realized. Actually, we did with Nancy Yoon, We actually did a semiotic analysis of it. Like she's looking back at you, you know. Like she's not an object, and it's the same thing. Um, 
you did with Maggie Chung. And I, it's a real, like the women on your magazine, it's really cool. Like it as, as a statement of representation. Especially for the years that it was happening, I mean. Yeah. I'm gonna throw down some semiotic analysis down on a live stream. That's what the people came here for, right? Absolutely. We were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the, I'm glad that you're here to to talk about this because it's, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective. Wow. Look at that design, Luke. Damn. Oh, so good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I like the way the magazine looks and feels. All oh, the way got, to the it, end. It, it changed, but I mean, I was, I was pointing at one of the sloppy ones. <laughs> those, those are mine. They're great, though. They have that energy and feel. Yeah, they're out of control. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of the hardest sections to edit just in terms of like getting that feel like that crazy because it had that kinetic energy um and uh also just getting everything in focus because <laughs> they got depth to it right so if you film it and it just you know the pages would pop up but yeah we, we wanted that feeling of like a real that actually also happened because it actually took too long to scan and the very first shot in the 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 whole film of that that actually was me just realizing it's faster to just throw stuff down and film it. So I started throwing issues down and like, and the, the feel of the map, suddenly we recorded like the sound of the magazine and the pages. And I was like, Oh, like this is what a magazine is. No. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're right though. I think that that's a good way to put it because uh, it's like uh, internet. You're sort of stuck on a page and you can keep going, but a magazine you're flipping forward backwards, you know, like all different kinds of things like that. Looking at pictures, reading, then going back to looking at a photo, uh, skipping to the back, going back to the front. I mean, magazines are kind of perfect for that. And, you know, actually faster than the internet Internet in that way, right? And that's what we had. Like, do you remember, Luke, back in the day? I feel like every issue you'd suddenly be like, you know, like that Fruits one. I remember, you know, that's how we learned about Harajuku. And that moment for mm -hmm. me yeah. was like. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that, that article specifically does blew me away i actually went like later on and found a book um on all uh, uh on the fruit stuff and picked it up yeah. i don't know what happened to it but yeah like cool. uh, like i said um giant robot kind of introduced me to um asian subcultures um in a from asia before they kind of like you know wow, had an impact that picture <laughs> oh that photo lance han's in the middle lance han was a lead singer of j church Mm -hmm. a band uh basically he was like one of us like friends all that stuff part of the giant robot world i guess and we were part of his world and uh he passed away um i it was we were in hawaii he's from hawaii martin and i were actually we were in hawaii what were we doing there we're eating shave ice at Wyola, right and then uh, we get word that he passed away while we're eat, like eating shave ice in hawaii and we're just like man you know kind of a shock uh, this is great yeah. Oh, this this part the the Yolk and A magazine stuff. Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> it's the best part. One of the best. It, I guess. it kind of is. It's yeah. the fact that you got that guy who's coming up in a second, a little bit. To... <laughs> don't, yeah, don't spoil it. <laughs> oh man, this part was um, but a very crucial time where um, I think it's like hated it, hated it, and hated those magazines the whole time. And then here we are. It's just like one of those things that you talk about it and it's like, no, no, it's going in print. 
Like, like <laughs> you know, no holding back. No, no, just saying it behind closed doors. No, no, no talking shit behind people's backs in their face. We're going to publish it and everyone's going to see it. <laughs> and, it was, and it was like, here it is. The, this is the line in the sand. It's like, yeah. you, you like them? You go over there. You know, get away from here type of thing, right? And instead it was like, uh, it was like, yeah, are you with us? You're with us. Okay. Right. It was kind of like that. You know, it was, it was that yeah. moment for, it's like sayonara. You guys are gone. Like we hate you. Bye. Right. <laughs> that's kind of what it was. It's like, smell you later. And, uh, you know, no, that's kind of what it was. Oh. And it was funny. It's like 30 years later. Like, so, you know, you go through your questions list and you're like, well, I can ask them about this article or that. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, I don't remember that article. Oh, and like both Eric and Martin like immediately had visceral reactions like to this day. And so I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, we're going to talk about it. And, you know, kudos to, um, to Jeff for talking. Cause I think, you know, most people, he threw you a really good soundbite to be in it and to, to, you know, talk about, I, you know, Cause that that was probably pre-written by a committee, so he could make it in the documentary. Yeah, no. I would do the same thing. Are those magazines? Those magazines aren't in production anymore, are they? No, they're, no. he went no. he went out of business. I think in two thousand, mm. uh, kind of that first Y two K bubble. Oh, yeah. right. Wendy is amazing. I mean, every, yeah, Wendy's amazing. Uh, unsung hero, part of maybe in uh, Giant Robot entirely i would say i learned so much from wendy i mean of, of course the whole thing but it just Which i learned more wendy? than wendy's right there on the screen right there okay she's the graphic yeah. designer yeah and yeah. Uh, she went to art center i remember uh somebody said hey i know somebody that might like Jan uh might be good to design help design uh, i think it was website stuff but then uh and i actually went for an interview and met her and i just was like whoa you know, she kind of explained everything, like how good she or what what it could become or what she would do. And I was like, oh, man, she has the vision. She has the understanding of how to handle text. And uh, I was like, you know, is there a next level? If there is, this is the person that's going to bring us to that next level for sure. Mm. Yeah, 100 percent. So Wendy's rad. I remember I remember that magazine when it came out, their font and then the orange and like because it was designed but also had that energy and it was like yeah I no i learned so much from wendy my gosh crazy you know what i mean it's like yeah definitely amazing <laughs> oh look at that recreation that's awesome mogwai yeah mogwai yeah so good yeah look at that look at that design man Props yeah. to me. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it is crazy no. you went page by page. Like, that's just not sustainable. It was sustaining for a long time, though. It was. It sustained for a long time, you know? But look at this. Go, Wendy. Oh. It's just like so many little details that you wouldn't even think about that are in there, you know? Like, just really cool. Yeah, awesome. But look, but it is way more spacious. It, 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 like I said, if there was a next next level, this was going to be it. And uh, Wendy took us there. That is great. The um, um, the use of employing negative space and like, kind of like going, look, we need to create space in the magazine. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish that you guys um 
talked a, said a little bit more about the art in America um, thing. But. Oh yeah, I know. It, they actually had a moment in the room where they they threw trash at it. They were like, yeah, they you know because. And if you open up the not only the outside cover but the inside cover, they're identical yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. It was, and they came out later, and it was one of those things where it's like, wait, exactly? Are you going to really copy that exact layout? And I remember <laughs> Wendy was kind of offended. You know, she was like, "Hey, this is too similar. It's too much of a coincidence." You know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that's kind of how you get treated sometimes if you're a smaller magazine. The big ones try to do that to you. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you call them out in another in a following issue? I don't remember. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had to, right? You have to. You know, literally, you have to. No, you can't get away with that kind of stuff. You know, mm. we can't get bullied by Art in America magazine. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. Do they cover you, Luke? Have they written an article about you or anything? Nope. nope. No, fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Fuck okay. them. Nope. Gotcha. Nope. Gotcha. Giant gotcha. robot. The only cover I've ever done. <laughs> really? Is yep. that true? Oh, mm-hmm. awesome. Wow, the Murakami part. Yeah. Billions of dollars in art we're looking at, right? <laughs> Very amazing. This is actually the second project I've made with Murakami. I edited a half-hour doc about Murakami, for, which was cool, on the 2008 show, So, I'm, which was super rad. But yeah, super, super grateful he decided he participated and let us tour around it's amazing by the way just to let you know like how much of a badass eric is that was opening day of his show and like everybody's buzzing around like you know every all sorts of people media and like eric just casually just sort of rolls up he has in the car and then like murakami sees him like clears the way gives him a tour of the gallery eric was like a superstar it was amazing to see and, you know, there were handlers and they were really, again, really gracious. They're like, you know, you've got other stuff. You have to get to your time. Like, this is your opening day. And like, he wanted to have Eric, you know, see the entire show and gave it, you know, gave us extra time. I know Eric will never say this, but I truly believe that Giant Robot Magazine was instrumental in introducing Takeshi Murakami's work to the normal people, yes. you know, um, like, and, you know, which you know the work on its on its own merit should be able to do but like giant robot you know especially after the super flat show and stuff just yeah i agree 100 percent. yeah yeah like i think you know i i, I would credit you know um giant robot, Mag- giant robot magazine for introducing me to like you know the super flat show the yoshitomanara stuff the takeshi murakami stuff you know which was which have all been very influential um, on me as an artist yeah, for sure man i think i mean it's also like how they handled themselves maybe and making a lot of product and just kind of maybe they just they had an avenue or just they kind of carved a path a little bit you know the path was there but they just made it really evident i think mm-hmm. you know yeah i hear you luke i also felt like what giant robot did for me is it suddenly put like music and film and you know skate was all part of the orbit but then suddenly art became a part right. of that mix. It tied and- it all together. The giant robot brought all these like semi-divergent yet, you know, quietly connected, you know, parts, um, things, cultures and, and into like one 
magazine and said like you know we could, we could do fucking art and we could do music and we could do culture and we could do whatever the you know comics we could like put contemporary art in one here and later on in the magazine we'll have comic book you know art in there and it's yeah it is, like, it is weird to think in the 90s like you couldn't even listen to two genres of music like, that, like that's how far we've come <laughs> yeah you have you had to have your your allegiances like i am an all you know i yeah. only watch 120 minutes on mtv blah 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 I, th- I think it changed uh well for example like yeah i remember you if you're into hip-hop you're into hip-hop you couldn't like anything else and stuff like that there was everything was so segmented and then it started to blend together a little bit and maybe a little before we started but it was starting to happen more and more yeah and yeah you know, that was the cool thing about giant robot is you didn't, you just got to say, Oh, I'm in a giant robot. Like, and people mm-hmm. got that. It was like a shorthand, you know, mm-hmm. you, it just encapsulated all those things. You didn't have to be like, Oh, I like anime and I like Hong Kong movies. And you know, Oh, and I like this other, I was like, yeah, I like giant robot. And yeah. Yeah. I really like the fact that you got Jeff McFetrich in, I think it's just that he's uh very different from everybody else kind of in his, mm-hmm. Maybe his circle, life circles, and all that kind of stuff. He's a very different dude, but uh, right, so really cool. Are these like a lot of that like artwork actually part of the Janum permanent collection? Because like uh, it looks like there's like a storage kind of place, and they have that like neon hmm? sign, and the the David Cho's and the James Jeans. Like, is that like part of their cl- uh, permanent collection or something like that? Yep, yes? it's part of the collection, and we got them to pull it out. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, including the yeah, too. the neon, the neon sign, the giant robot neon that that skateboard from Manzanar that's in their mm-hmm. uh, collection actually. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, it was cool. They loaned it to us for the for the shoot with Eric and Martin. It's in the background. That that neon sign makes several appearances. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I, I always, I didn't know I gave that to them. I, you know, like I always think I'm going to take it back. And then I realize it, I guess it's not mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm always like, I kind of want it. I'm like, God, it would go good right up here in this room, but uh, it's all good. Yeah. Trying to get as much art as we could. There's so many artists that featured in the magazine and we have like a four minute run in, you know, like we tried to show as much as we could into that one little section. Yeah. You just can't do it. You know, can't even begin to do it. That section, there's an uncut version that goes on a lot longer. We actually get into some other topics, which is cool. Mm. Yeah. Some of the, I think you had some shots that I've seen, I saw in here and I'm like, I, I didn't know where they came from. Like maybe, I don't know. There's some store stuff that I didn't, I, was, I wasn't sure where it came from. Maybe you Jenna, had archival. Yeah, archival archival Janum gave us some stuff too. They had stuff? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Wow. I thought I saw some archival stuff and I was kind of like, what is that? But it's cool. Oh, uh, Cozy Dan gave us some footage. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that might have been like that first show of Cozy and Dan. Yeah. Cozy and Dan had... Co- Cozy and Dan, but there was video and I was like, what is this video in the store? And it looked really... I was like... At first, I thought, did you recreate this when I wasn't there or something? And you just kind of moved everything around and made the store look old or something? I didn't quite understand, but no, no. We're not that good. Yeah, no, that was Janum footage. Yeah. It's weird how, like, the store, it looks the same, but a little different. Like, if you Mm -hmm. you know the store. Yeah. No, it's totally different. The super flat banner suddenly appears when you see that. Yeah. 
other DVDs also in the background. Yeah. If you look. All wow. this like recorded footage here, like archival recorded footage is great. Yeah, like this that's Cozy and Dan's video right there? Or what is that? That like, video? I'm a little ahead of you. Where... Oh, I'm sorry. It was like we're in an office and there's like Cozy and Dan's in the in the office and there's video rolling. What's that? Oh, I think that might might have been from uh like prior or something like that. Yeah. He shot video. Just so I saw that. I'm like, wow, okay, this is really old. There's prior right there in the background. That's Cozy and Dan. Uh I think, yeah, you are at a different time. We're we're still at the Cozy and Dan part and looking at GR2, I guess. That's cool. Uh, prior yeah. was not in the film, and my apologies. We did an interview, but again, a person who was probably a huge piece of the... Of yeah, the but he, he does live in Seattle. Maybe you couldn't get to him anyway, but it's all good. <laughs> we we did a quick interview, but it was, it was tricky to fit. It's hard to fit a lot of people in. You know, we wanted people to sort of tell stories longer form. Yeah. So, uh, I think, did, did you, I mean, you shot a lot of video. Did you realize how little everyone's clips were going to become when you shot it all? Yeah. And so we kind of thought of like, you, if someone's going to be in, they'll sort of tell a little piece. You know? Right. And so like you see Jeff for a little bit and he tells a piece of the story. And then they usually come in once or twice, you know, again, and other pieces in sort of a chorus. But then when you're doing that, are, do you have like a list, like a shot list? Like I need to, someone's got to say this at some point. And, uh, or is, how does, how do you do that? Or is that just on the fly and you no, unsort you, it? You script, you definitely script it out. So like, you know, you know, who comes in at what part of the, uh, you know, what part of the story. And so you want them to, you know, tell that piece. And then of course you ask them sort of broader questions, but yeah, you, you know, usually there's, so like Claudine, you know, she opens up with the story about um, Jenny Shimizu, you know, so, you know, yeah. that's pretty much the part that she's going to talk about. Um, and so, um, but yeah. Like she, these, like those photos, those are just old photos that I had on a hard drive or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. There were GR2 stuff. Oh, yeah. And that, again, Moss dug through it a lot. Wow. Yeah. Because I was going to say, they look so clean, but, I mean, that's digital photos, so. Yeah. And then It's, like, funny. So many friends are in these old photos. Like, you know, when I see the crowd shots, I, I just see all these people I know. Dude, your shots are, like, party shots. <laughs> they are yeah. party. Because you go to art galleries. And, you know, they're, like, nicely framed photos of, you know, and it's, like, over there. And, like, these photos, we're expecting those. It's just, like, people just everywhere. And I brought it back. There were some fun openings. You know how to throw a party. Yeah. Yeah, we We tried or whatever. We did the best we could. Awesome stuff. Yeah. James. Did um, I, I, that that Jeff McFetrich line is like to me still resonates. I think about it every day. Actually, it was did, did we already say it? I don't know if you already did. He go through it. The He's worst, not there worst, yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't have the volume up high. I can't really hear. But when it, yeah, I, I was, think I'm about glad that. James, uh, he seemed to be happy with the film because he talks about a double art cider story. And you know, like when people tell us stories like that, you're like, I got I got to put that in. But then you always wonder if they were like regret telling that story. But he, he seemed happy with the film, and you know, and well, I James like is really, really, yeah, he's been very, uh, su very supportive of this film. I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised a little. He's, you know, he was really kind. Yeah, he was really kind with the interview and kind with what he said. And I like what he how he talks about. Again, he's somebody who talks about your role, and that was something that I didn't know. Like, because you know, you do a lot of research and you read a lot of articles, and so like 
you don't know, but you have an idea. Like you go in, basically you write a thesis of like what you think you're going to find. And I think this next section about you nurturing artists was something that I didn't know at all. And uh, Luke, you can probably talk about it. But the first time I heard it, I was, it was during the Murakami interview. I was doing the audio and Murakami was asking Eric about how he talks to the parents and Eric's mm. like, yeah, I convinced him to be artists. And it so blew me away that I was like, okay, like we have to investigate that further. And yeah, can you talk a little bit about like Eric's role, you know, as. You know, I, I, I didn't like really like become like, um, for, I don't like close to Eric until after the magazine had like had gone. Um, and, you know, as some people know, I, was the last artist article in giant robot magazine. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, I'll, but you know, the entire time, like I, I moved to Los Angeles in 2003 and I always kind of saw Eric as like, he made, he was instrumental in helping so many um, young artists, you know, come to like become full-fledged professional artists cozy and dan death you know death i mean a lot of these people would have done it on in you know by hook or by crook you know some way uh, one way or another but like i like cozy and dan death be son even david cho um you know james jean was in the magazine like so many artists you know or southern salazar etc like it's um you know he's yeah like he i i think eric found ways of being able to support artists, you know, like my first, uh, you know, museum show was through, you know, my actually my only <laughs> museum show is through, you know, with Eric and, you know, the, the Oakland museum giant robot show. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I think that, Oh, here's that um, archival, uh, the archives of Janum with the mm -hmm. giant robot light. But yeah, no, uh, Eric is, you know, I, I was always intimidated by Eric, always, you know. Oh man, like, <laughs> please don't be. And it was like you know, and because I didn't, because the way I imagine it, like at the time, with the magazine going, especially, like Eric must have seen hundreds, if not thousands, of portfolios. You know, would you say Eric? A lot, yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot, yeah. and I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be that, like, look, hey, man, I'm an artist and I'm Asian. You know, <laughs> like, come on, like, put me in your fucking magazine. <laughs> I wanted to earn that. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So, um, so when I finally, like, got the opportunity, I was, you know, I, it was, it, no, I was, you know, I was touched. I don't think the beginning of that issue, making that last one, um, at the beginning of making it, I didn't know that was going to be the last one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. didn't know. And it just kind of somewhere near, I don't know, maybe almost finishing it is where I kind of start to think this might be the last one. Mm. You know? Yeah. It was kind of like that. It wasn't, based on it, what I it heard wasn't on planned. This documentary, it sounded like thing, like the the walls are just caving in. Like, that all was, the way. it was, that's, I think, I guess that's kind of what happened. It was kind of caving, but I, Still didn't know that was going to be the last one. Mm. You know what I mean? Until it was done and all that stuff, I didn't know. Yes, yeah, so this is a little experience. tricky. 
how to manage yeah. like a rise story, but then have it fall, you know, cause this is right before the magazine, you know, these Janum shows, some of them are like, right. It's kind of that's happening. Um, this section as well, shout out to Barry. I feel like when I listen to this section here, this is like, it's pure music. So it's like Dan and Barry, the editor who just killed himself. I mean, you talk about how he got here, Barry, the editor worked eight in the morning till midnight for about three wow. weeks straight. And wow. yeah, this section just, I we gave it to him with a bunch of footage and was like, you know, go have fun. And well, actually I didn't give it to him. He just came up with it and, you know, celebrated all your work. And so, um, yeah, it's really good. Good job, Barry. It's great. This is one of the first scenes we cut was the art gallery and then into here. And then the, the fun quote that's coming up about you guys being uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> like that's really generous. <laughs> I'm like, I see it's a comparison. I understand, but I mean, it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> really cool. Wow. This is, and all this video, was this like my footage or whose footage was this? Janum gave it to us there. They didn't shoot all this though. I'm pretty sure. Did they? They did. Those are wow. the archives. Oh, good for them. Um, I, I'm glad. I I thought we did too. Some of it was your stuff. I think it was a combo. Yeah. Okay. Really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this part's interesting too. It's like. <laughs> You just composed a bunch of magazines and made that. That's what this is. But weirdly, like from a doc standpoint, that's one of the most difficult moments right there. Like you kind of are talking about nothing and everything at the same time. So it's always a hard, like what, do you, but it, the, the sound bites are, I mean, this is, oh, well, I'll be quiet. That's one of your favorite bites right there. Oh, I think you're ahead of us by a little bit then. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It is my, I don't know something about it. I think about it all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. This. Ouch. <laughs> Jeff McFetrich. Yeah. I don't know. When I, every time I, I – I, that, that line, I, I think about it like every day actually. What did he say? I, it was a little too – I don't remember. Uh, he just says it was the worst time to make a magazine, but it was the last time to make a magazine. Uh, that is – that's brutal. And yeah. But I mean it's easy to say a one-liner that's kind of like snappy and funny, but – to have it really mean something and resonate like that actually is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like I'm just like, whoa! I didn't. Th I would have never thought of that because it was a bad time to make it, and you know we didn't know it was the last time. You know, not just for us, but for a lot of people, it was. This was the end of magazines. Yeah, I think you know when Giant Robot was over, it was kind of like not just us. It was. I think the whole genre was crumbling. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there's magazines out there today, but. You know, it's not like they're monthly or bi-monthly. They're, they're, um, they come out whenever they can, right? And they charge twelve dollars or twenty dollars for a magazine, and we were five bucks. You know, that that time was gone. Mm. That's crazy. I know what you're talking about, like the ar archetype um, stuff. Oh, um, that was yeah, but that's like once a year or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I'm talking about current magazines. They exist. They're just twenty dollars oh, yeah. or thirty dollars or for one issue, and I'm like, whoa. We did that for five bucks, you know, and six times a year. You know what I mean? It's like that that era is sort of, in an indie sense, gone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the era that you would learn everything through a magazine 
you know, you get all your culture as like a driver, not like this cool thing you put on your nightstand, you read a little bit and like a treasure, you know, I like Surfer's Journal and I like these magazines, but like that thing that you got mass culture through, you know, that we all depended on. Yeah, it's, you know, gone like the telegraph, you know, it's uh, weird and how fast it ended. Like that was the other thing, like how big and important they were and then boom. You know, yeah, it's weird, right? And I think that all came ha happened at the same time as this era, this 2008 kind of 2009 economic crash. Mm -hmm. But I think it's about the same time it all started. Uh, the magazine thing just totally ended, and it's one of those things that I don't think they people talked about it. It just kind of happened, right? It was like, was that was that like on the news? Like magazines are having a hard time, blah blah. blah. You know, it's like no, I don't think that was talked about, was it? You it know, people still thought the magazine was still going. Like I'd interview people and they're like, wait, it's, it's, it's not going anymore. Oh, like that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it can't be keep. <laughs> I couldn't keep going. Um, oh, the Luke Chu issue. Yeah. That's when I bring the sadness. I, I bring it hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually good from like a dramatic standpoint because they're all going like this and we we push out on it so like thank you luke for having a cover that's like <laughs> i thought it was a great because it was like i didn't i didn't realize any of the potential symbolism at the time but it's like you know there's the giant rabbit and then there's all the little things just clawing at it and you know i thought it would be a, i thought it was ideal for so instead of giant so instead of giant robot giant rabbit yeah something uh, or maybe the rabbit clever. is a robot very so. clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Luke's fault. Uh, it is, I, I killed the magazine, guys. I'm sorry. Luke, Luke killed the magazine. I killed sure. the magazine. It was yeah. either me or Lincoln Park. No. <laughs> no. I think, yeah, I think it was you, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Johan from Lincoln Park, no. You know, um, for one of the Biennales, I, um, I, I created a custom, um, a, a rusted... Uh, whatchamacallit, um, giant, a big boss. Mm -hmm. And I had all these like tiny little magazine, giant robot magazines scattered at its feet. Oh. And I wrote on the inside of it, like, you know, sorry for killing you know, the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> for killing. <laughs> I think one thing that I guess some of you don't realize is that, that when the magazine uh, was over, like around that time, Luke actually helped me out uh, and I'll, I'll always remember it fondly to figure out, like, where's my place in, like, you know, like, let's say at a Comic-Con or what, you know, what am I going to do? Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I think I just had lost my bearings a little bit. I was not sure. And he actually held my hand and helped organize an exhibition that went into our booth at Comic-Con. And it was custom figures because I'm like, you know, that's sort of not my thing. Like, I don't really, I you know, I, I missed the boat on it, I thought. And Luke held my hand and put me right into it by um organizing that kind of uh, show and, I, and people it was that genre was hot at that moment and luke was big in that moment with that genre too you know what i mean like that yeah. that that customizing thing mm -hmm. and he organized a custom show with a bunch of artists who i didn't know for the most part some i knew but a lot of them i didn't know and uh, uh it was amazing you know like i was like oh this is like working and um i saw a light you know i saw a light somewhere further down the road and i'm like i'm gonna go in there Thank you, Luke. I'm going right there, and uh, I did. You know, I, and that and for a while that like kind of I don't know made me a better curator, I think, and made me better at what I do. Huh. And uh, so I always remember that fondly. It's true. I saved Giant Robot. <laughs> 
<laughs> part part of it is yeah well i i was kind of broken for a little bit you know i mean i was a little bit broken i mean i oh just was like okay i can't even imagine you know? like yeah yeah this yeah. is fun the like this yeah. next this generational thing uh yeah. going on with the linda lindas and martin like um yeah we always imagined like for this there are people who know who she is and they'll kind of mm-hmm. get it but i always i wish that i was someone who didn't know who she was and like you just see him talking about his family and then, like you know, they start playing, and then she suddenly raised it. And you're like, whoa! Like you know, mm. there's the whole generation of people who that's a surprise. And uh, yeah, now it's rad. It was yeah, cool. it's all good. That's actually our house in uh, that they're sitting at. We did the interview because they live. Martin lived like two blocks away from me. Oh really? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. This is old footage uh, outside of the record store. Oh, there's my friend Susan. But yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dan is also in our house. Cool. This that that shot, um maybe that I forgot the record. No life records, that's what it was called. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's prior. Yeah. Oh wait, are we near the end of this? Yeah. There. Oh my gosh. I know it goes so I, fast. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, wait, we're there? That was at um Walker, that picture, the Walker Institute. I yeah. love those like photo um assemblages. Uh, I always kind of felt like they were like always little nuggets of information that were, you know. Like, and and in, and that one was handwritten commentary. on purpose, right? It was meant to look kind of kinetic, so it was all handwritten. The 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 notes and stuff. Mm. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I think I did that. I mean, that was my, you know, yeah. Oh, I lost about 15 pounds since that shoot. You know, I was trying to get as big as I could for your shoots. And then, I, you know, I did. I think I'm about 15 pounds lighter, like normal weight. I'm normal where I should be. But I think there I was trying to, I was trying to be, I wanted to be like Larry Flint. So I got to my heaviest weight in my life to be in those shoots. Oh, yeah. That's the method. Yeah, I went for it. No, I'm like 15 pounds lighter now. I'm not kidding. I think I took that 15 pounds from you. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know. This was amazing was, uh, that you uh, got, this literally was two weeks. The Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, Linda Linda's, and uh, Japanese Breakfast Show. It was like yeah. two weeks before the the premiere that you did last oh, week. Yeah, we were in the middle of onlining. And, like, and I was like, you need that <laughs> shot at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> cool yeah that's 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 what the what that's what cut it in i don't care if you're off and nick and nick produced it because we were like oh we'll be done way before then and then like we literally i mean we were done at 8 a.m before the screening like yeah it came really close to showing a rough cut this story is great i've heard it coming you've eric had told me this story before but to hear it from david is kind of amazing you know so that part David originally said no to the interview. Oh, he did? Yeah, he originally said no. And then we were like, why? You know, I I wanted to be part of it. And he said, you know, everyone always interviews, asks me questions and I tell them stories and then they cut stuff out. And he's like, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to do it, like, and 
you know, he actually was really thoughtful, but like that was one of those stories where I'm like, you can't leave this on the cutting room floor. Like it's two bananas. But when we cut it into the downfall, it didn't quite work. It, it kind of changed the energy of that section, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're like, where are we going to put it? I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to put it in the credits. Like we're just going to have like an old school, like, you know, outtake credits. Actually, so I I couldn't hear it now and I didn't see it in any, I've never seen that before. So what did he say right there? Actually, it was the... I, I didn't get to see it either. It was the gambling story. Oh, really? Yeah, where you went oh. to Vegas with your money. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell did, us the story? Uh, it, well, he, I don't think he quite... He didn't quite double it, but it was one of those things that, uh, yeah, he, he got us... I was just like, you know what? Let's write it, you know, and uh, let's write it to the end. Let's see what happens. Need money. We need money. So, uh, yeah, gave him cash, literally cash, and... uh. Uh, he came back with a bigger stack of cash. It was real. He did it. I don't know, a double, but it was a lot. And it was one of those things that it was just like a worry. It's like, is this really happening? Is he really going to do this? But he said, hey, if I, if I lose it, don't worry. I'm going to cover it anyway. Like, don't worry. And it was one of those things that I, I was like, okay, I got nothing to lose. And this guy has, has not lied to me before. You know, among all the crazy shit he's done, he doesn't lie. Like, he never lied. So then he uh, went ahead and... Uh, he did it, and uh, it was wild. It was like, oh, my God, he came back with a bigger stack. And I even told my mom about this whole story, my mother, and she was like, wow, this kid, like, it's really crazy, like, what, he's, what he does and how cool he is because – and cool meaning the pressure of that. Like, he came back with a bigger stack of cash, and it was just, like, no big deal. And my mom was like, wow, you know, the nerve and the coolness of being able to, like, handle that responsibility – that's crazy. I didn't know that was what the, what the ending was. Jeez. Yeah. yeah he, okay. He, like, yeah, he told the, he told that story because you you uh, had told me the story once. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it it was a lot of money. Like and, he handed out he handed a, a a big stack. Hey, wait, I got some people to admit. Is that okay to the uh, bring yeah. into the stream? Yeah. Right. First, we we let's see how this works. Adam Fowler. Uh, Adam Fowler is uh the drummer of Jawbreaker. Let's see if his uh, video comes up. It's a comparison, I understand, but I mean it's like okay, I get it. <laughs> hey, Adam, you're in. Uh, let's see, Dan. Uh, Dan Automator oh, should be in. Hey, welcome. Whose footage was this? Janum gave us there. Wow, welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, this is amazing. What's what's up, Dan? Hey, thanks first first Dan. Uh, thanks so much for the music, man. Uh. Really great, really great. Could, can you tell us about the music uh, that you decided to make? I know that you kind of did some kind of a mash of ideas, right, to get that. Wow. Well, I mean, ultimately, I just you know, this part's interesting too. It's like took what um what um what giant robot represents to me in terms of the vibe and the and the music, and I had a uh, sort of a idea of what I wanted in terms of in terms of types of music and and it was like a lot of um I wanted like 8-bit blippy stuff and I wanted like some kind of like punk stuff but I didn't want to have um guitars I wanted to do with keyboards and distortion for that there you go and then that's the palette so how does that work do you just kind of just go into your studio uh on the hill and uh just get to it or how does that work is it just on a laptop somewhere how do you do this it's a combo pack i mean I, I like regular studio work with it and then i like to use actually ipad i like to i like to do stuff where i can just walk around and go outside and do it but like i was looking for a particular kind of um a few particular kind of things like the beats i wanted them to be stiff so they they, they sort of had that punky stiff thing much like the upbeat you know 
records and I wanted to have like um, um, groovy 8-bit kind of stuff because 8-bit to me kind of reminds me of the whole like, you know, the Asian toys and stuff like that and, 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 and start there and then just go from there. Awesome, man. If you guys have any, if you ever bust any questions, go for it, Luke or Dylan, if you want to, if you got anything, but nonetheless, and I want to say, um, first, Martin Wong's in the house right here. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for joining. And it's ironic, you guys. Well, not ironic. It's perfectly matched. Adam has a Jawbreaker shirt. Oh, I'm sorry. Martin has a Jawbreaker shirt and Adam has a giant robot shirt. You could easily switch those shirts and, uh, you know, be, uh, be, be. <laughs> Be in a great situation too. Uh, I guess I want to say first, uh, um, since Adam was just in here a sec, just got in here. Um, man, can you tell me like you saw this documentary and you said you teared up? Can you t tell me about that? Yeah, I, I got really emotional, um, and I, it took me by surprise. But it really, um, you know, just the scope of the whole story, the arc of that whole narrative. I, I um, you know, there was so much I re I remembered that that it that it kind of reminded me of, um, and so I just had a, it was a, it was definitely like a little a little trip down memory lane, um, and you know I, I loved it. It was really at the point where Eloise uh, comes along in the third act that really put me put put it over because it was sort of like she was kind of like the literal um embody she's like the embodiment of 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 what of what all that work be begat and i love that the romance was in there between between uh between martin and and wendy and uh, so i just i just loved it um but yeah it just it just took me back it took me back to 30 years you know 30 years ago playing in your backyard um on sautel and like oh. and everything that came after that the magazine and you know the stores and the the gallery and and then martin and wendy's wedding and so yeah i got i got very i was very emotional actually um and that's why I, and i called you pretty pretty quickly after that and i was like you know and it, and it made me realize that like because this is still a living breathing thing for you you know because you're still doing the store and the gallery and everything um, it's probably not as, it probably wasn't maybe as intense for you, but like, how, how did you, how did you feel? Like, how did you feel when you first saw this, this piece? Uh, I loved it. First off, personally, I loved it. And we could have Martin, you should answer this too, when you get a chance, but, uh, I loved it. I was just had so much gratitude for Dylan Robertson right there, the director. And, uh, I just couldn't believe what I saw. I think I was kind of in awe. I was like, wow. Like I couldn't have. You know, I think I could do everything all the time. Like, I feel like I could do every one of your jobs, everyone here to some capacity, maybe not so good, but whatever. I think I could do it. I, 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 at that film, I was like, I couldn't have made that. Like, I couldn't do it. You know, you give me all the parts, I'll, I couldn't do it. Impossible. And, uh, but I, as I told them before and earlier, earlier on the stream, not a lot of time, not a lot of budget, but you wouldn't know. And that's just what Jan Robot was. Same thing. Like, nothing can stop us. You know, it didn't matter. And uh, this was very much to me like uh, what how giant robot documentary should be, would be, is, and it, it's just exactly the way it would be done. Uh, but I couldn't do it on my best day, you know. And it, but I loved it. It's funny because um, 
I, I think just today and a couple of days ago, I talked to both Daniel and Adam about this movie. And like, we were just like crying at each other pretty much because we were just really like emotional and, and it was like this sense of closure, right? Like um, when the magazine ended, we didn't get to say goodbye. We never got to do anything like that. And Dylan's movie really, um, and the whole team, like all the work you did, it really gives us a sense of, I guess, kind of closure, right? Even though the magazine ran its course and it puts a bow on it and like, it gives us an ending because before it just kind of faded. And um, it was really awesome to see all these different pieces that you um, were able to put together and, and kind of make sense out of it, right? Because when you're living it, you're just trying to survive. And then when the magazine's done, you're like, now what? Um, so you don't really have time to reflect or think back or wonder what you did or what you, if it made a difference, right? You can kind of see like where it led you, the connections you made, how it provided this incredible wealth of experiences and friends and love and appreciation of culture um, and how you got to grow like a lot of and promote like all this culture that you love so much. But, you know, you never really think about if it did anything for anyone else. And um, I, I love that Adam mentioned Wendy and me getting married and Eloise. And because all I see is dudes here in this grid in front of me. And um, there were actually a lot of like women involved. And, um, you know, yeah, it was two dudes, you know, in the. Oh, hey, there we go. There we go. <laughs> and um, right on right on cue. Yeah, th thank you. I was waiting for the moment to hit admit, and here it was. So yeah, yeah. so um, otherwise it, she otherwise she wasn't going to get in at all. No, yeah, I'm so I just want to say thanks. Yeah, it was awesome yeah. to see this, and really gratifying because I don't I don't think Eric for sure he doesn't think about it because he's busy like making art shows. Um, and well, me, Martin, you know, we, I, yeah. I hope you don't. You know, you said uh, you didn't get a chance to say goodbye, but I hope more than anything that this film helps you say hello to everybody again and it's kind of amazing to see everybody in this in this group um uh this this in many ways was a, a passion project for 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 myself i think dylan told the story early on that he pitched it like in two words and you know i think i think my exact words were, were you know were closer to that's a really good effing idea um because i think we were both uh, very, very influenced by what you guys put out. And uh, that's what this was. I hope it's a hello. That's all. <laughs> awesome. And Nick, and Nick really, you know, stories like this get made. You know, part of the reason this story for is, I feel like is important is, you know, we're in this era and we're talking about representation and there's a lot of focus on directors and people in front of the camera. And that's crazy important. But one of the things that's often left talked about is producers, the back end. You know, who's running the media companies? And, you know, Claudine is here as a writer. And I always suddenly was like, wait, where's Eric and Martin? Aren't they running a media company? You know, and like, you know, having Nick champion this and being the producer and being somebody that we could work together on, you know, with everyone on the team was just so critical because we could have really clear, you know, powerful conversations to get it done. And it, he really was a driver. And, like would it would not have gotten made without him and you know with his insight i mean his story the whiz kids article comes out of a life story from from <laughs> Nick. <laughs> so uh, yeah don't get me so, thank you <laughs> on that time magazine article um 
but it was it was great to see it included and it was wonderful to hear everybody's like response to it like um i think you brought it to pretty much everybody you know there was this plan to bring that article to everybody and to collect those stories because everybody knows that issue um it was like the worst day of my life when that thing came out <laughs> but but um uh it, it was it was really funny to see it recontextualize all these years later and to see it with our gen x sort of perspective one of the reasons why we wanted to work with dylan is he knows what it's like to live without the internet and how hard it is to get information on subcultures you might be interested but your next door neighbor is not right he knows that world he he lived through it uh we wanted to get this story told by somebody who knew that life before the internet and um giant robot was kind of like the internet in a way it's like you you saw what you wanted to see there like things that you were interested in that you know not everybody else was and um you know i think Hats off to Dylan. Anyways, you know, this this story was very much driven um, with an outsider's, you know, sort of perspective. And 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 uh, Dylan, I think you often you see yourself as an outsider, but you also know yourself in this giant robot world. Uh, but you're also like intimately, you know, you were very present and there uh, during their formative years. And it was it was great to see. This was such a passion project for you. I wish I knew wow. Dylan then. Oh, sorry about that. I wish I knew Dylan then. You'd be right. You should have wrote articles for us. Where were you, man? Anyway, <laughs> well, all right. I, I'm heavily it's great. Yeah, good. It's super mm -hmm. weird. Like everybody I've interviewed now is sorry. staring at me at once. <laughs> Dylan, uh, I just the going back to that WizKids article. I was so shocked that you pulled that out during the interview. Uh, because I was like, how, how does this white guy know about that? That was like the big <laughs> right? And I have a story to tell that I think I told most of you at the premiere, which mm -hmm. was like, my father passed away in, in March. My mom passed away six years ago. So in July, I was cleaning out the garage of my parents' house and I found the fucking magazine in the garage. It was like 40 years old magazine or 37 year old magazine. They still had it. Like that was my, I was like, I'm never going to become these kids. And I went off to do my thing the way I wanted to do it. And in the giant robot way, but my parents still had that magazine in the garage all this time. It was crazy. That's, That's so yeah. weird. Asian parents don't throw anything away. <laughs> I love, that was I love getting messages from Dylan every now and then. Like he's saying, oh, I'm going to order this flip set. I'm going to order this dirt. I'm going to order this time. Like you were just totally on eBay trying to find all the pieces for this. Yeah, my wife would be like, what's this bill? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's for $30 for a flip side magazine or uh, no, thank you all for, you know, sending stuff in and giving stuff. So we appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thanks for reacting to the magazine and Nick sharing that story. I don't, you know, as a documentary filmmaker, when everyone tells something that's like raw and emotional, you're like, it, it feels really, I mean, Claudine, you know, as a writer, you're like, Oh, somebody else must have that. <laughs> you just like, you know, um, so yeah, I think we brought a bunch of articles to you too when we did your interview. You were one of the first shoots we did out at uh, down by Janum. Yeah, it was totally um, what's the word serendipitous, right? Because mm -hmm. I happened to be I flew I flew myself out, you guys, right? And I happened yeah. to be flying back home like the first weekend or first week, maybe started production, and I and I 
I think I stayed at my sister's house in Silver Lake and my sister knows Nick. And so it was kind of funny when we were doing the recording, my like seven-year-old niece and nephew were like sitting cross-legged on the cement watching with my sister and brother-in-law. So that was actually kind of amazing to have the little kids there. Oh, Claudine, my, my dad totally remembers all your articles. And yeah. He was, like, he was like, whoa, Claudine Co is here or in the movie. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was so excited when I got the email from Dylan. I was like, I've been waiting for this moment for decades. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, I was like, one day, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was like, one day somebody's going to recognize, you know, the amazing like art project that Eric and Martin put together and all the kids who like helped out. And here we are. So thank you, everybody. Not kids anymore. Look at this grid. (laughs) 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 But I love it, Janum, how um, I can't remember if it was Nick or, um, or maybe Dylan who said, yeah, we're making a documentary about something that nobody will ever see. You know, a magazine people can't pick up, you can't read. And we're going to tell people about this magazine that they just can never see, you know? Yeah. It's not like a music documentary. We could buy the record later or whatever. Actually, I had an intern about maybe a year ago. I work at the New York Times now. I'm an editor. And I had an intern who um, emailed me, like reached out to me and wanted to introduce himself, you know, because we're all working from home and working on video chats and He's like, hey, you know, I saw your name on like an invite and it sounded really familiar. And I realized you you write for Giant Robot. And this kid's like 23 years old or something, you know, and he's 20 nothing years old. And he's like, I'm like, how did you hear about Giant Robot? And he's like, I don't know. I just went down like a rabbit hole one day on the internet and I like, bought all these old issues. So I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> so it is possible, Martin, like some of these I don't know. Is this documentary going to like up the price of all the uh, the value of all these old issues? No, I, I hope so. There's a whole shed of them in Eric's backyard. That would be great. No, they're uh, they're available. Um, you know, people get them sometimes. Uh, but I think for a while nobody was wanted any copies of Giant Robot. Any of the back issues, they're just sitting there forever. So, uh, but yeah, I think by not having them for a while, people now want them. Does that make any sense? It was just kind of like, maybe for two years, we we just like, nope, we're not selling any of these magazines. Wait, you let know? me get this straight. I'm just now understanding this. Are you telling me you have like boxes of old issues? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yes. Everybody's um, nodding. Okay. How far? Uh, so, okay. Because of this documentary, I was like, I better clean up a little bit. So uh, no, no, there's, Issues, uh, a lot of them. Tons. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Some aren't even boxed. They're like entwined. You know, yeah, yeah. Plastic yeah. twine. Yeah. They're like cutting yeah. into the edges, making these grooves on the sides of them. Yeah, yeah. So little by little, trying to, you know, get it together. And um, I think we just did an inventory of it. And um, yeah, some of them were in very bad condition, but it's all good. We have we have a bunch. And it's kind of neat to see. I don't know. I just kind of flip through them a little bit and take a look. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, so, you know, but... I don't know, for me, it's kind of a mix because um, as much as there's all this fun and joy and all this stuff, I think it's always, for me, it's tethered with a little bit of pain 
and suffering and going and making it right. That's always still for me. Uh, that's part of my memory of it is the good, but I, there's a lot of bad too. And uh, you know, when I I mix it all up, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to miss any of it. It's fine. The bad is just as good as the good parts. But yeah, so so is the pain. You know, it's all good. So in that way, I think. Uh, it's kind of how I remember the magazine or feel it. You know what I mean? It's, it's I still it's that. have every issue on my bookshelf at home right now, but I've carried that stack with me from Hong Kong back to the Bay Area and now to Los Angeles. It is still there. I still look at it every once in a while. Wow. So, I wanted to clarify a couple of things. Well, first of all, Eric, the thing about pain, like, yes, like right now it's one nineteen in the morning where I am on the East Coast. And I remember I did the story for Eric and Martin about karaoke and I went to this bar called Juno's and they, it was sort of like a underground thing where they did the karaoke like way after hours. And I used to take a nap when I was reporting the story, I would take a nap so that I could go downtown at like one o'clock in the morning so I could follow these guys as they sang karaoke until the birds started tweeting um, the second point I wanted to say is I say in in the um, documentary that we did it for free, but I will say that sometimes in the beginning, Eric would send me stickers or like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. And that was like huge. Like that was like the best ever. And then eventually I think you started sending me like a check every once in a while for like a hundred bucks. Like two oh, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, for, like, that was a lot. Ever. Like a year, like you're like, here, here's a check for a hundred bucks. And I was like, great. And then, and then when, like in 2008, it wasn't just, you know, obviously it was like a lot of industries and I, you know, was working professionally. Like that's how I got paid um, for big magazines. And I was working for, the, the reason why I could write for Giant Robot for so little money was because I wrote for this Condé Nast magazine. I was a staff writer and they folded in 2006. And um, so then I was like freelancing. And I remember starting at about the end of 2008, every magazine I wrote for, and I'd have like these big contracts with them. I'd write a story, I'd get a huge check. And then the magazine would literally fold like this all throughout 2008, 2009. Wow. So oh, it you're was the Black like, Widow. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, don't write. You shouldn't write for any magazines. They're gonna fold. <laughs> Not anymore. I mean, it seems kind of nuts. But Daniel, what you in, were in Hong Kong for big parts of it uh, yeah. during Giant Robot. Yeah. Did people even know Giant Robot magazine in Hong Kong? <laughs> so, so like Maggie Chung, of course, like LMF, lazy motherfucker, that rap group, um, Wing Shaw, basically like all the cool connected people knew what it was. And so that's why I was able to do a lot of those interviews because like they kind of knew what the magazine was and they thought it was cool. Um, and so that's what I was able to like connect with them on that, right? And a lot of them became my really good friends. So like when Martin came to visit me and he interviewed LMF, I'd always wanted to meet them. So I tagged along as a translator. And then I, I, I became friends with them after that thing. They're like, hey, we did it in their band room. Remember that, uh, Martin? And they were yeah, they were totally they were smoking rolling. out and you drinking non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, you, you gave them a magazine, and they started rolling a joint on the magazine <laughs> yeah. while while you were interviewing them. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. And then after the interview, they're like, hey, hey, Daniel, come up anytime you want. And then I literally was there every single weekend for two years, hanging out with those dudes. Right, smoking a lot of bowls, I guess. 
Eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we became really good friends with Prodip as a result, I remember. Because yeah. I would yeah. send him, because Giant Robot would get all the Barry McGee books, and he was like a Barry McGee freak. Huge fan, yeah. So I would send him books, and he'd send me art in return and toys and stuff. Yeah. And just a couple of years ago, um, he and Amy were in L.A., and we all drove on a pilgrimage to Santa Barbara where Barry McGee had an art show, and we oh, got cool. to go with Prodip oh, yeah, there. That. And yeah, that that was really cool. Yeah, so I wouldn't say all the mainstream people in Hong Kong knew about it, but it was like the similar people. It was like the sort of outsiders that were doing cool artsy stuff knew about the magazine as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's such a such a weird, like that's like another world for me. You know, I, I visited you in Hong Kong before yeah. too, but then uh, just knowing that a product that you make can actually go somewhere that far and actually have a little bit of impact uh, is pretty cool. Because yeah. uh, to this day, if I go to Japan, I do meet people who knew Giant Robot Magazine really well, and they're always like, you know, artist designers, and yeah. they would they would all tell the same story that they went to a uh, Tower Records there was a big deal, and that's they would always go get it there, and it's just weird sometimes. I'm like, wow, they don't even speak English, but they bought Giant Robot and liked it that much. It's so weird. Eric, did, didn't you say that like a lot of people in Japan thought that Japanese Americans and JAs were like really square and not cool? But uh, robot might have made a little difference there. Yeah, I've heard that more than once. That uh, yeah, it was just like, oh, look at this guy comes here and speaks this broken ass Japanese like version, you know, not very good. And uh, yeah, at the same time, you know, then yeah, I remember some of them told me that story that says, you know, this magazine's changing things. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that story. And maybe it's a wave of everything else that goes with it because today it's totally different, right? It's influences are everywhere. Uh, I think that's changed a lot, but really cool. So awesome. Well, you guys were tastemakers before there was actually that word tastemaker. I, I think I influencers I, is the word you're looking now, for. Now it's what it's called now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, I think it was called tastemakers. Yeah. Uh, maybe what, 10, 15 years ago, the word tastemakers was used. Yeah. Really weird. Really weird. Anyway, I don't know. So wait, uh, I, th I think Adam, at the same time, Maybe Giant Robot closed stores. You you had a video store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that lasted longer than the our, the the Giant Robot stores up out there, right? Yeah, but we. This is what was so relatable about your story is that right when two thousand and eight hit and people started, um, you know, whatever doing doing Netflix or streaming or on demand that really affected um our our video store last weekend here in san francisco um but we were the you know we had out we we had lasted longer than like the blockbuster and the hollywood video in our neighborhood because we were sort of like a very well curated uh shop but you got but right when that happened i remember when you came up because we did a pop-up shop at at last weekend for giant robot because you were kind of like cleaning house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to all this. There's too much stuff. Help yeah. me, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember going up there and, and cleaning out the store with you that one day, and it was it was heartbreaking. And yeah, we didn't we lasted like longer, but not you know that was definitely 2008 was like you know it was it was getting consequential, like shit was getting real, and you know you start to have to lay, you know, lay people off and take less, uh, 
salary and stuff like that. So that was, that was very, very relatable, but just being in a, you know, in an sort of an out an outdated kind of a, in outdated media, you know, that we were, we were like the last of, uh, like you guys were the last of our kind, really. Yeah. Could you give us Some... the name, Adam? Oh, it was Lost Weekend Video. I know that spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Dan's a San Francisco uh, native right now, so you know that spot. You're in the neighborhood. Yep. Well, we used to go to that part of the mission, and we'd well, we'd go to um, Wendy's Record Store, Aquarius. We'd go to Lost Weekend, um, Epicenter when it was open. Um, that was like such a great Lacumbre. Was that the burrito place that we'd go yeah. to? Muddy Waters. Is that that? Yep. That's the um, coffee place yep. in a J Church song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we oh, still by the way, really, that. really nice to see uh, a, a photo of Lance in the uh, in the dock. That also uh, that was that was really really nice to see that. Yeah, he'd be a person that'd be interviewed in this dock, probably. You know, if if he were around for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think yeah. I remember I, I knew Giant Robot made it when I went to um, a J Church show. It was at the Coop at UCLA. And they had like their shirts on the wall. And one of them ripped off the back cover of a giant robot magazine. And we ripped off that art from like a movie poster book or something. So <laughs> that's when we became friends with Lance right then. Yeah. I, I Also, like, I guess I wanted to bring up one thing is like we mentioned San Francisco, but also like Giant Robot New York. As I was working on Giant Robot New York, I would go to New York a bunch. And guess where I would get to stay? I would sometimes at Dan Automator's place yeah. in New York. <laughs> that's how i know daniel Wu. <laughs> yeah it's all connected a little bit right daniel Wu had wait you could tell the story you had broken your ankle well foot? that was that was, was, I was in new york i was in new york doing like an acting workshop and i was staying in this like fifth floor walk up and i was like so tired of walking up and down the stairs i was like dude this place sucks and you text it back and you're like hey you should uh stay at dan the automator's place i'm like i don't know him he's like just call him and I text him and see what's up. And so then I texted and he wasn't there. So I moved in. And then the day before he arrived, I broke my leg and I ended up sitting on his sofa for six weeks. And Dan basically sat next to me the whole time and just hung out with me and we became rubbed really his foot. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Foot massages every day. Did you, by the way, did anyone notice how James just snuck out altogether? <laughs> he told he me he, he he's installing a show, I guess in, in China right now, or and he's not doing it, but he said he's directing this. Uh, they're yeah, installing said, an art show. I was actually right before I got on. I was recording the audio uh, tour guide for his show in China. Okay. And so yeah, yeah. He, he just told me that there's something hectic happened, and he has to get on Facetime with him. Yeah, because he he's a perfectionist, so it has to be in his control anyway. So wait, Claudine, what are you working on these days? Because uh, I lost touch with you for a long time, and uh, this this is a way to bring us back together. It's kind of cool. I know it's been like 15 years, seriously, right? Yeah, I haven't talked to you in that long or something. It's been a very long time. So uh, I had, in 2008, I think the last time I reached out to you, and I think I actually reached out to you guys, and I was like, hey, can you guys pay me? <laughs> because everything was falling apart, and uh, I had just started full-time freelancing, and I needed like I didn't have my, you know, corporate job anymore. I needed to like make money. And I think we both 
like our we just stopped emailing each other. It was like, no, I don't think, you know. And I think from 2008 to 2016, it was sort of like a downward spiral in the journalism industry. Like it was pretty bleak for many years. And I just uh freelance I worked for like a ton of different publications like sort of freelance writing editing and then in 2016 I started at the New York Times and here and I'm still here oh wow yeah awesome now I can put my fears of being a homeless woman on the upper west side a little bit further back um but yeah, I still come to California a lot. You know, my family still lives in Orange County. I still see Betty a lot. So like, I know a ton of people. Like I know Eric. Well, I knew Eric through Giant Robot and the Jenny Shimizu issue. And, you know, like in the documentary, I say that's when I wanted to write for Giant Robot. And I went to grad school with Betty, who Eric was good friends with from college, right? And... I think that's how I first emailed you. I'm like, hey, I know Betty. You know, can I write for you? And you're like, oh, I drink Betty's dirty bath water. Sure, you can write for me. <laughs> yeah. It was good, by the way. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was and amazing. Then that's how I met Dave Cho. Like, I was, you know, like a nobody at the magazine at the Condé that I was working at. And one day my phone rang and like my phone never rang at the office. And it was some guy saying, oh, you have, you have a package in the messenger center. I'm like, that's so weird. Like nobody sends me anything. I like walk out into the hallway to where the messenger center is. And I see this kid with bleached blonde hair, this Asian kid with bleached blonde hair. And I look at him like, oh, this, this must be for me. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm Dave Cho. Eric Nakamura sent me. And then we were just friends ever after that. Yeah, I, I'm, one memory I have of you, Claudine, is um, you're writing an article, and we were getting near deadline, and I remember you just laid down on the floor in the office, and I was like, how is this going to get done? Do you remember that, Martin? I don't know. I just was like, she's just sleeping. We need this done. She's sleeping on the floor, like under the table. And yeah, it, the floor wasn't super clean in that office either. No. So, um, <laughs> Black yeah. memory out. I have no Cla Claudine, is that awesome? that you know yeah. she i mean like that's out. the thing like you have a i had a day job as a writer and then i was like writing on you know on the side and so like you know like right now i'm on a job like i'm in florida in a hotel room because i'm reporting something and i'm doing this for you guys i still have a deadline that i didn't make at midnight like i'm an hour and a half late and so after this talk i gotta make that deadline Oh. And I might lay down on the floor here and, and black it out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll, one one thing that's interesting is I'm like, you're pro technically the, a professional writer, right? Who, I mean, Martin too, I suppose, professional writers who were doing giant robot writing, which is completely different. Um, but then what did you think about everyone else's writing aside from like maybe the interviews? Because like Daniel Wu wrote a lot of articles and, you know, that this was like a side, little side hobby kind of a thing. Well, Eric, like you were the first inspiration, like the way that you conducted interviews was just so, just like I never read interviews like that before. And I really aspired to have like that kind of chemistry, like come out and that type of 
just attitude and life, you know, come out in the, in the, in the conversations and in the writing. And then of course, like Dave Cho, my God, like, yeah, he was like this crazy artist kid. And then the first thing he wrote, you're like, holy shit, this guy's a poet. This guy is like amazing. He was like an Asian Kerouac. Yeah. But keep in mind, um, Martin, Martin's, Martin's face um, right now. Awesome. That thing was 20,000 words that we turned into like three or 4,000 words. I'm right, Martin. I mean, that was like wordsmithing right there. I believe uh, it. Credit, credit goes to like myself or Martin or, and or Martin on that one. We made him look good. I remember <laughs> reading that article and I like talked to Martin right away. I'm like, who is this guy? What's going on? Like this is a rock star right here. What's going on with this guy? It's so amazing. Yeah, we felt like, um, you know, our job was to make our writers look good. You know, and we had awesome writers. What, what can I say? And I, I think they were all stoked whenever she came out, you know, pretty much. That's yeah. Martin being polite. <laughs> <laughs> There's like Ebonics and stuff written in David's writing. So we, you know, some of that had to, we did turn that into like things people understood. We, we did have a, um, eventually we came up with like an editorial guideline list. And it says, you know, don't, don't cuss just to cuss. I remember we had one that was like no Don Kinglish, you know, oh, that was trying a good one. to like make up big words to try to sound oh deep gosh. or super intelligent or something. It was, it was pretty good. I thought. Oh, I think that, wait, the word, the word nifty cannot be used yeah. ever in the magazine, right? The word nifty. No, that was like, I remember that. I think that one might've been in there. Yeah. I yeah. remember Dylan asked me this question about like during my interview for the documentary was like was my voice the, the the voice that I wrote in for Giant Robot like the most authentic voice you know like was it true to like to my my own voice and I I would say no <laughs> I think that um you know I at that point I was I'd written for so many different publications and every magazine has a voice and I was, you know, trying to write like your Eric and Martin's voice. You know, it was, you know, not totally far away, but like I definitely cussed more in <laughs> writing. Like I don't typically cuss when I write for <laughs> most magazines that I get published in or publications. But there definitely was like a, you know, like... I'm going to say something sort of sexist, but I think I was pushing myself to be more masculine. Am I going to get like crushed? Or something? <laughs> I don't know. I, I figured it was just you, you being, you being you. I don't I never thought of it that way, but okay. I think, I mean, yes and no, but I definitely, you know, let myself, you know, I think for me, what was important writing a story for you guys was, you know, make sure it has a lot of interesting information, like it's packed full of information that you wouldn't read anywhere else. Like you're getting that the facts and the reporting that other people wouldn't, other publications wouldn't publish or wouldn't ask that question, right? Yeah, I think so. That was kind of, <laughs> I think that was it. I mean, something like that. Uh, I think you that took, I, yeah. you took great photos too. Like oh, yeah. Long car way photos, those were awesome. Like, so many I mean, that was like a dream come true. Like, I remember meeting Maggie Chung, Wong Kar Wai, and Tony Leung in the lobby of the Mercer Hotel when they were promoting In the Mood for Love. And I was 
lined up to speak with Maggie and then walk her way. And for some reason, I didn't get to interview Tony Leung, but he came in while I was sitting at the same table in the lobby with Wong Kar Wai. And I just remember I see him and he was so hot. <laughs> like he was wearing <laughs> his all white suit and he's like a little guy, but I was like, Tony Leung is sex in a white suit. And he came over to where we were sitting and he was smoking a cigarette and he didn't have an ashtray at his table. And he leaned over me <laughs> with the cigarette because our table, my table had an ashtray and he like, you know, tapped his cigarette and just like swooning. <laughs> Did you keep the ashes? Did you like palm <laughs> them and take them time. home? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't do that. Yeah. But you, you know what's interesting is like I'm, you got them at the peak. And sometimes we had to wait for people to come back down to interview them because we're just like, you know, these dudes in a garage. I remember we waited so long to get, you know, certain actors that were like gods to us and like we finally got Gong Lee but way later, you know? So I'm glad we got, you know, a lot of them at the peak as well. I, got, I remember interviewing Ang Lee, well, sort of being in a press junket or like a press round table with Ang Lee and not being able to get a question in because there was this oh. other guy like hogging the, the, the mic. But um, yeah, but on t- taking pictures, like that was so fun for me because I always, you know, I was like Eric, like, you know, we always had cameras around, right? Eric, you had a blog for a little bit, right? Where you would... We all did. We all had blogs. But before the blog, you had a blog or you had something where I just remember you had built something before there was like the official giant robot blog. And you came remember. to New York this one time and you were taking pictures the entire time that you wrote notes about all of us. You oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And you were that saying a... it, Betty and Dylan's, remember? Yeah, no, no, I remember. I remember that pretty well. That trip was kind of an important one. That was where I realized, oh, giant robot store should open. There should be such thing. And it was on that trip for sure. And I remember uh, one thing that was interesting is I was like, Claudine's pretty tough because I remember it was really late at night and, and I was like, whoa, you, you have to walk home. And we were in the, it was just lower East side, but it was, you know, I don't know if it was the same lower East side as it is it is today. And and I was like, is this safe? And then you said, yeah, I walk in the middle of the street. That's where it's safe. And I was like, and then I see you out the window and you're walking literally in the middle of the street. It's Grand Avenue. And it's kind of, you know, it's, but there's not many cars. Grand it's street, really Grand, Grand street. street, late at night. And you're walking right in the middle of the street. That's what you said you're going like to do. It was like East Broadway. Yeah. But you said that that's Grand the safest street. place to be. And I was like, you know, because you're on the sidewalk, things can go wrong. So you walk right in the middle. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, That's I don't York. know That's who New York. that girl is because yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But I can see why at the time, because I think it was pretty sketchy and it was yeah. probably four o'clock in the morning. And my thinking was, yeah, like you can get attacked on a sidewalk and pulled into like bushes. But if you walk in on the uh, the dividing line of the traffic, nobody is going to mess with you. And at that point, like it's that tough. late, like there weren't a lot of cars. It wasn't like it was very hectic traffic. But, no, it, was, it, was, but it was, but first. it was sketchy. It's safety like a Kung first. Fu movie. It's so funny. It's right. ironic, right? To me, I was like, this is safe. <laughs> no, it's like yeah. a Kung Fu movie where they say the safe, the most dangerous place is the safest place. Right. Yeah. 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 You can't, yeah. can't mess around when you're like a, a 20 something girl in uh, New York city like walking home by yourself like it's a lot it was a long walk I walk I lived in Soho and they lived um Lower East Side 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is Eloisa able to answer a question? I saw her for a moment. Yeah, yeah she's doing homework. Oh, okay. Me, I just I want I, I want to know what she thought about the documentary. Let me let me go look. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Sorry about that. I thought she was right there. Anyway, well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just I just booted Martin for a moment, but yeah, he'll be right back, I guess. That's definitely cool. Anyway, so um that was actually one of our funnest moments with the film was finding that footage from the Hollywood Bowl. I think somebody had asked maybe in the chat about it because it was only just a few weeks ago. Yeah. That moment. And to get it in the movie uh, was There's a, the golden a particular oh, man. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eloise, what did you think of the film? And what did you think of Martin? <laughs> and Wendy. It's and went, oh, Wendy, Wendy, sure. yeah. It's cool to see. Yeah. Was it weird? Um, I think I was. It was. It was cool. I don't know. I. I did. I don't. I didn't really know much about the magazine, you know. So it was kind of cool to kind of see what it was all about. What was it like to see the visuals of your mom and your dad when they were young, sitting there working? Was that weird? So weird. So weird. What? I don't know. I. I'm not used to thinking of them in the context of what, like they're they're just people, you know. <laughs> you know I'm just like, okay, it's it's my mom, it's my dad. They do like mom and dad stuff, but you know, it's 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 cool thinking of them as like people. romantic. Did do stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but just think, um. They were rock stars before you were born, too, you know? But who's yeah. the cooler rock star? Like, is Eloise cooler in 2022 than Martin in 1998? No, it's not a contest. <laughs> no. But but I think... I think, I think, I, think of you. I, th I think Wendy has you both beat, though, for sure. Is a contest. Wendy has <laughs> you both beat. There you go. There's room yeah. for everybody, you guys. <laughs> sure awesome 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 that was my one of my favorite parts of the film though when Eloise showed up because I was like in my head I always thought that when the Linda Linda started this is the culmination of giant robot in a different form right so and to see her appear in the film and that yeah yeah, yeah concert because I was there at that concert and I was like chills the whole night because there you saw three generations of Asian American female power girls up there and like I had tears in my eyes because I seen you. Well, I knew your parents before you were born. I remember when you were two years old in the back of the Volkswagen GTI or Volkswagen Golf, and I was sitting next to Martin. And Martin goes, "Hey, Eloise, rock, 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 rock." And you're like, "Rock and roll high school" as a two-year-old, right? And I was like, "Wow, Martin's like all this knowledge that is going into her now. What's that going to be like?" And then now that you are a rock star, and I see it, it's like so amazing and like i'm i'm kind of tearing up right now thinking about it but but seeing you in the in the, in the in the documentary really you know form formed that really strongly for me and i got really emotional seeing that too that night as well oh oh <laughs> the golden child wow. i said <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah really cool really cool um they were, any really, yeah. they were really generous we actually went to a punk show together that didn't make it into a film that was actually the first time. Was it the first time we filmed with Martin? 
But yeah, we saw we saw the circle jerks in seven, seven seconds. seconds, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fun. At the Palladium? Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> wow. Very cool. Very cool. Um uh Dan, uh, are you still with us, Dan? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so what are you working on these days? Because um, I somehow I think you fit this in, and I understand the music came really late, relatively for this film. I like I, I heard it came very late, so I was wondering uh, if you're working on projects, or was this like a little side gig you did in between productions, or what? What you know, I'm trying to figure out what you were doing because it came so late. Well, uh, just just to be clear, it's not late because of Dan. It was late because of production. So I don't want I don't want it to sound like. You were late, Dan, but please. <laughs> you know, Dan's, I will second that. Dan's music was amazing. And when he yes, in, it was, it was a such gift. a gift. Easy gift. hour. <laughs> no, I, I, I did it as, as, schedule, as schedule went along. I mean, so I, but I think probably during that time I was doing, um, I think maybe I was doing Joe Coy's movie that Easter Sunday, possibly, right? That around that time. Um, but yeah, I've been, right now we've been working on the, um, uh, a new handsome boy modeling school record with Prince Paul. Just did a bunch of new songs. I was in the studio with um, a couple people this week. I was in with Mark Foster this Monday, and I was in with um, a few other people here and there. But like, yeah, we've been in the middle of that record right now. Um, it should be done early next year, I suppose. Um, you know, it's a, it's just a. It's been it's been an interesting time because of, of COVID, you know, as far as like work goes, there hasn't been an opportunity for a lot of people to get together. So now all of a sudden, like, I feel like I'm working every day because people are, are, are coming out and like, what can we, you know, everyone, everyone took two and a half years, not off, but like without seeing people like normal. So it's just been a really busy time as far as just doing records and music all the time right now. So. I guess that's what I'm doing right now. Knowing but, that Giant Robot kind of has this punk thing going on, like a little bit of a punk rock vibe, was that kind of hard for you to like think about, or was that just you're just like, nope, I got that too. I got that, but see, for me, I, I don't come from a, like a, a punk rock, punk rock, punk rock background, but I like like a lot of bands like the Go Go's and stuff like that, which is upbeat, you know, more thrashy kind of thing. But like, I think for me, what it was was like trying to combine, you know, because obviously, you know, we've known each other all our lives since we're cousins and everything, but like. um but like um the whole thing is like very complicated when you look at like the genesis of, of giant robot being like a you know a, basically a music zine more so in the beginning to becoming a culture thing slash art thing more by the end you know what i mean so like i wanted to like look at this movie and and, and pay re pay be reverent to the beginning of, of where it comes from which is like the diy thing but also then into the next iterations where it was like, you know, a lot of like, not kitschy, but you know, the, the, the kid stuff, Asian stuff and whatever. And like the more commies and all the, all the, like the toys and all that stuff. So getting that eight bit kind of thing going and then going on to the next thing. So it's like, I tried to like, you know, just do it in, in terms of like, not, I'm not afraid of the punk thing. I'm not, I, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, career wise, I've done every type of music except for country probably. Um, so it was, it wasn't really that difficult to like, imagine, imagine like what, what I feel like you and Martin would be like, you know, 
running around being militant about music and stuff like that and like you know and like how this all sucks and this and that and and, and, and give that give that energy that 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 that's that upright energy of of, of like of like basically what I would guess what I would call was like low budget snobs, you know, something like that, you know, and, 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 and keep it like, keep, keep that in you know, the DIYness of, of giant robot. Like didn't want to like make it like all lush and strings or anything like that. Cause it just doesn't fit the aesthetic. You know I mean, so like, yeah. So back to the original question, I suppose it's like, I always felt like that, that upbeat, upright thing it's it, it, it's very it, it, it's i don't want i wasn't trying to make a punk record like for for this movie but i was trying to give that that the punk energy to it i guess is what i'm saying but was, I, I, looking at those old pictures though i think you know we fit the handsome boy thing pretty well right come on give me 60 bucks and i'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> his score is amazing you should re- release it as its own it, it was amazing working with the score because it 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 was your voice and like as you say, exactly your take, and we would put it in, like, we would cut the movie to it and let it, you know, work as much as we could to let that sonic scape. And it, it, and it gave it a dimension. I think in some ways doing if we, like, we only have one punk score in the beginning, just sort of for fun in the beginning, but it's not there. And I actually think it was genius because it allows it to be a movie on its own. And like, it gives it a sound in a world that's very different than you expect. And I think it gives it emotion in ways that's really surprising. And uh, yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I, I mean, like you know, there's a pretty clear, there's a pl- pretty clear blueprint to what you know, Eric Martin, what 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 the um, the 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 I don't know, it's the right word, the mantra, the setup to like what the whole thing was and what and the arc is very um, it's very it's noticeable in terms of like you know from from the very the the stapled up you know like photocopy vibe record reviews and then the hatering of all things to, to like, you know, becoming like, Oh, we have something to say and do. So, Hey, let's, let's, let's push this along, make stores and, and do all this stuff, which, which is, you know, the next phase to the next phase, you know, and, and I feel like having been around all of it, um, it was, it was the logical extensions to head, to head through and, and look at as, as the magazine, evolved i guess is the best word you know mm-hmm. well awesome <laughs> it's fun hearing you explain all that i'm like whoa I, I that's the music genius in you you know what i mean that's kind of combining all these ideas and coming up with what it is well, I, I can't I, it's that's your it, expect, it's funny amazing. though because i look at giant robot like probably differently than other people do because like you were you know you were there like you know reviewing our my early and a bunch of our early records and things like that and giving us like a little bit of not a leg up but like a little bit of a shine for a minute and then i think of giant robot as a as a thing where where me and you would just go eat and write about it or something you know what i mean it, it, like it it went from like like when you talked about going to the epicenter, it, went, it was like the Asian version of epicenter because, but there was no Asian bands. So it's like, you know, all kinds of bands to like, we're like, we're, we're talking about what we grew up on or food or like, you're talking about Hong Kong movies, at least at the last, you know, at the, at the screening and, and like all these things that like, you know, you start one place and you end up just opening a window to the whole culture. I think, you know. Well said for sure. Wow. Remember when we, yep. we we did that one article where we went to like three three lunches I think you know that's probably like a giant robot you know three lunches oh I know man I, I, you, we ate a whole ramen 
soup soup dumplings like right after and then the third thing i can't remember but i was like this this guy's making me eat all this <laughs> it was all on one street or something in san mateo but yes yeah that was that was crazy i was like oh man that like, was my favorite giant robot article <laughs> <laughs> i just remember i was like wow that's a lot of food but you know i was like you know what? If, if i'm up for the task i can do it so yeah. i put it down i don't know if i think yeah did you eat as much as i did i don't remember but it was it was a pretty sizable lunch. It was like a three or four hours of, of eating, I think. Oh. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Do you have any questions, Dylan? God, questions. I don't know. For anybody here, this is your chance. A chance. There's more chances. Let me check. You're good. <laughs> or any any of you guys have questions for Dylan? Um, this is our. Dylan, this is I have a question for Dylan. Go yeah. for it, please do. Are you hearing from like I? Forgive me if I missed. Um, the kind of the uh, the chat on the uh, leading up to this, but like, are you hearing from a lot of people that like they they want they want to see more of this? Like, I'm sure that you had to leave so much on the on the the editing room floor, um, and I'm no, I'm sure that there's people that you wanted to focus on that you didn't get a chance to. Like, are people like sort of clamoring since since this premiered and since um. Yeah, the director, the extended directors edit with uh i don't know i mean this is too like, hot for pbs the first thing i thought when i heard that this was being made was like this should be a dot like a docuseries this is something yeah. that you could really sink your teeth into <laughs> that was the question luke ask it this needs to be a three episode series with like the the first episode would be the rise the second episode would be the fall and the third episode would be the plateau or or where it is now. And I need, I, it needs to be made. But also it needs to be made with actors. So like Daniel, you could play Martin, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you can, you Dan well, automator, you, you play, you play, you play me, Dan automator. You, you gotta okay. play me. Okay. That would yeah, that's, that's, be odd. One, yeah. That'd be amazingly odd. There's one thing though, that actually me and Daniel were talking about that was interesting about it to us after watching it. It's like we come from the opposite ends of the giant robot spectrum. Like he was in Asia doing Asian things that you guys shed a light on. I was in America doing American things that you shed a light on for Asian people. So we were approaching from both different ends. And I feel like that that is something worth exploration actually in the future. That was definitely something for me that like in the film as well that I thought Giant Robot did so well that we wanted to cover was like that was a thing and it there's you know it people talked about Asian American or an Asian and I felt like giant robot came along and just said, I'm into stuff like giant robot. And it kind of just wiped that away and was like, we don't care. Like we like cool shit from Hong Kong. And we like Dan, the automator, like, and I always really appreciated that about the magazine, how it just sort of like swept the board and just said like, like in a way it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's not where you're from. It's like, are you cool? It's about culture first, you know, and a vibe. And if you look at the doc, we kind of, and if you look at the early magazines, you see there's a moment where they lean on Hong Kong movies first. And we kind of suddenly try and make that in the film where you see they get the confidence to show more Asian Americans. Like, because you're selling magazines, right? So you got to put somebody in the cover. And so you got, you know, but yeah. And then, so that's like six, seven, eight, nine. And then, you know, 10, 11, 12 is Jenny Shamiza's that moment, right? Where they suddenly make that shift in the confidence. And I always thought that was really rad where they kind of pushed it together, but then pushed it out and sort of, you can see that identity forming of like, what is giant robot and what does it mean? 
and uh so hopefully then that it, and then it switched into the art which is amazing like the covers into the art and then it was covering both asian and asian american artists like yeah. Yeah. what it what did it mean to you to be on the cover it was a dream it, it, i mean it was one of the things that you know you know you see all these like amazing covers and to like you know finally have one like it was it was a dream Awesome. Well, how, well, I guess from your perspective as an artist, um, you mentioned earlier, like we were covering art. How did we do? <laughs> you know, from from your perspective, you how did great. we do? I, th I mean, like you know, like obviously, like you know, the like it, I don't feel like you guys discriminated, you know, with uh, with that. You know, it could be like you know someone like showing in museums, or it could be someone showing like. And GR2. And, you know, that's a huge, you know, like spread of artists, you know, with various levels, various degrees of accomplishment. I think he's really insulting GR2 there. Oh, no, 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 no it's I mean, okay. Like, look, GR2, GR2 is and has always been like this weird, flexible space that showed anything from starter, was like a starter gallery for young emerging, young emerging artists. To like you got fucking James Jean, you know, originals there, and it's um you know it's it just kind of goes to show like just like the impact that Giant Robot magazine has had on you know artists in general. Um, I, you know it it you know yeah it, it had introduced me to so many artists that like um I who have influenced me and um you know and i whenever eric you know kind of like you know suggests something i'm usually game for it just because like it's eric nakamura it's fucking giant robot you know so and thanks you know yeah that was the funny thing about watching the documentary because like it's all in the background i'm like i have that piece i have that piece like oh, I have something like that. I have a piece from him. Like a lot of my art taste came from the magazine, also. Like it formed me, formed my flavor, and formed what I liked from all the guys that you selected. And what's great is Eric is still like discovering and reintroducing new artists all the time. Um, and you know, like there's like so many artists that Eric has worked with that you know should have had covers in, you know issues of mag the magazine that would have come out after mine and um it's un it's unfortunate that like the magazine had to go uh, um you know had to go eventually go but you know that's just the uh you know that's just how you know how the cookie crumbles it was cool seeing a lot of the um you know contemporary artists at gr2 in the chat on the youtube feed you know i thought that was really cool showing how it's still you know super relevant what eric is doing on satel and the scene that's still growing, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely growing. Hey, Gen generations. Dan, remember? Hey, Dylan. Yeah. Dan, remember at the IAS concert? That girl? Yeah. That that was friends with James. She's like oh, in yeah. her 20s or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she kept asking us how we all knew each other. And we said Giant Robot. And there was like a pause. And then she goes, what's Giant Robot? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, she doesn't know. <laughs> Like she's an, a contemporary artist, Asian American artist now, and like she's big in the NFT world and whatever and all that stuff. It's like, oh, she doesn't know where all that came from and where she's standing on the backs of now. It was like kind of a, this really weird moment for me, going, oh, 
there are there's the whole generation that doesn't doesn't know you know but you know to be to be like whatever about it, like you know where, where she was hanging out or whatever she should have known i'm just you know what i mean like she should have yeah, known no, exactly but, exactly and I, that's yeah. what i was thinking i, was I like, mean it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like it wasn't right up her alley it wasn't like she wouldn't wasn't around people who were known it's actually i find that to be I mean, not, not no offense to her, but that's a little bit disrespectful considering what she does to not really understand that half of what she does only exists because of Giant Robot. Yeah, I was surprised. I was very surprised. But, you know, a lot of people don't know. Did you guys put her on time? Did you tell her? Yeah, we told her to get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, the reason why this documentary exists is because... This is whole other generation that's going to learn, right? No, but also, like, here's the thing, like, you know, like, 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 Daniel, you've heard of Robert De Niro before, right? Or you, you know, like, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've heard of James Brown. I mean, you know, like, for real, like, we're, 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 we're of a, a, a state where, like, for someone like her digging, digging back five, 10 years to Giant Robot when it was in a physical copy is not that that much ask considering like like her idols are like james and that stuff anyway you know what i mean and like how did they get there you know like how did how did how did you get there how you know any of us you know it's like it's just one of those things that like i'm glad the documentary exists for that but i also yeah. feel like we've 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 reached a generation that like is a bit disenfranchised from a lot of information or a lot well of- i don't totally blame her either because we're in this era now where there's so much information and it's like <laughs> flashing before you so quickly that you don't even know history anymore, right? And yeah. so I don't, it was just showing me this is a sign of the times, really. I don't blame her at all for not knowing. Right? I, I get what but you're I, saying. I said, but I said, I'm glad <laughs> this documentary exists so that she can go right. now and go, okay, No, I agree. Right. I, I agree with all that. But like, also it's like for, for, for like, like for example, for, for, for you or I, you know, music or acting, Giant Robot is a great place to learn about some things we might not know about. But like, what I always thought was the most interesting Genesis and extension was how Eric brought so much of of, of, of the modern contemporary artists into the scene and, and, and like how how like so much of like we learned from all those you know like I mean like all those all those people I know from Eric you know what I mean like so many of them you know what I mean like I'm I'm, I'm like wherever I'm sitting in Japan with like Murakami or something I'm like Eric you know what I mean it's like Eric you know well yeah exactly <laughs> well well okay awesome. All right. Um, so it's like we've been going for over an hour, so I was going to wrap it up. I don't know if there's any last things you guys want to say uh, or uh, want to do. A bigger uh, documentary. That's all I want. <laughs> a bigger documentary. Well, you have a producer and a director here, uh, at least two. I, well, who, uh, who here wants to go. see a bigger Director's documentary? Adam, Dan, Martin, Daniel, Claudia. Bigger documentary? Yes. I think also, the one that Dylan and Nick made is awesome. And, great. you know, brevity, there's definitely something to keeping things. And, and Eric, you should get your eBay store up so you can sell all your magazines and bounce it now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's some, there's some, like, you know, yeah, there's some crazy stuff on there. <laughs> I, have, I have one story that I can tell that just happened recently. Last week I interviewed the writer Hua Xu. Do you guys know oh, him? Yeah. So he's a staff writer at the New Yorker. Sure. He's a professor at Bard, and he just wrote this book, Stay True, which is incredible. Highly recommend everyone go read it or listen to the audio version because he narrates it. 
And um, so I interviewed him last week and I was trying to, we were trying to figure out how we knew each other because we're Facebook friends somehow, but we couldn't, couldn't figure out like what's, what our origin story was. And I haven't spoken to him probably like since, you know, we became Facebook friends. And he's like, well, I remember seeing your byline in Giant Robot all the time. And I was like, oh, did you write for Giant Robot too? And he's like, no, I never um, got the guts to pitch Giant Robot. Like it was just so huge to me. And I'm like, that's so crazy to hear that you started pitching the New Yorker, <laughs> but like, we're too freaked out to pitch, you know, Eric and Martin at Giant Robot, where like, I wrote about lactose intolerance in Asians. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like, why, like, what was it that was so intimidating? Or why was it easier for you to write for the New Yorker? And he said, well, Giant Robot was like, really, like, personal to me. Like, it was, it felt like, I, and I hope I'm not mis- misrepresenting Qua, but that, like he he was it was just something that he loved so much that it felt riskier to put himself out there for that versus the New Yorker where like you know it's not something he grew up with or or his family like necessarily subscribed to as he grew up and so it just felt like you know safer (laughs) wow do you remember him Martin I don't know if you remember him well we at all we met him at a college talk didn't we UC Davis, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. remember him. Yeah. And he said, Of course that I do. Of course I do. Thrilling to hang out with you guys. Like when he was in college, he's like, that, that was like, you know, the most thrilling, some of the most thrilling. You know, time. Eric and I, we did a lot of college talks like all over the country. We got flown out to speak to like Asian American groups like all the time. And it was, that was like really weird that that would happen because we were so non academic in our writing. And we never, um, you know, I, and I, I felt like we mixed up high and low and old and new in a really interesting way. But um, it was cool, you know, getting paid by, <laughs> I don't know, these universities to have us talk. And like, they were so stoked. Like, it meant a lot to them. I, I felt like, and we would hang out with them all night and play Scrabble. And they'd take us to like the one noodle place in town or whatever. And um, yeah, th- those were fun, huh, Eric? Yeah, those were great. I, you were speaking to the Asian yeah. American clubs then, right? Is that what you were doing? And we also did one to like um, the design school, right? At Harvard, yeah. the Graduate yeah. School of Design. Oh, yeah. We did that one I think once. Twice. I think twice, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Harvard GSD. Yeah, twice right. there. But yeah, there are a lot of... Wendy's mom lot. still wears the Harvard sweatshirt I brought back for her. Yeah. Did the three of you go? No. Oh, did, did Wendy go to that one? She would come along on some trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I but, just remember um, meeting you guys in... In Harp in Cambridge and eating at a Tunisian restaurant that was amazing. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, they had like rose water or something, right? Was that they were yeah, famous yeah. for? Yeah, that was so fun. That's you know, that's one of the things I love about um like this Linda Lindis thing is that I travel I get to travel a little more now. And like I see all these people that I knew from Giant Robot. Like I went to Minnesota and like they played at First Street and we I and Jotron, I put him on the list. You know, this guy from the Giant Robot Lounge. And like, you know, New York, I'm going to get Claudine next time. And um, yeah, I love just seeing all these old friends. from. And this, I feel like this film too, right? When we went to the preview screening at Janum last Friday, so many friends that I haven't seen in a long time. So thanks Dylan and Nick for getting us back in touch. Because we all moved on, you know, we all thought it was awesome. But then we moved on with our lives. 
and to come back feels really good. Like I don't care about my high school reunion, but um, <laughs> but yeah, this was really cool. That was and, a good night. It was a fun night. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a question for Dylan. Actually, I think he just finished it. Like what? That morning? Yeah. Like when, when did? Like did, did you ever freak out and think it wasn't going to happen? Like did you ever have any doubt? You know, in this project. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Nick was there too. He he pulled an all nighter with me. So it was oh. like, that, like, and it was like a true college all-nighter where like, yeah, we were coloring. Like there was a point in the evening where like half of it was mixed and half of it was colored. Um, I thought it was going to get, I always knew it was going to get done. It was just the question of like, how good would it do it? And I feel like the last like three, four weeks and my wife really like to her credit was like, you go full gas. You make this is like, you push it. Like that's why the Linda Linda's and the IAS are in there. Cause it's just yeah. like, okay, let's get it in there. Let's cut. I'll spend another all-nighter like cutting that in. You know, like I just had magazines. My living room was covered with every issue of Giant Robot. And like up until the last second, I would be like cutting extra issues in and Barry as well. You know, everybody worked like, like Lynn from the Hall Post team, like finished. Nick really came through. So um, <laughs> I think it was the morning after the AAS show, Nick posted on Facebook, hey, who has footage of when Karen said this? <laughs> And Wendy's like, who's this Nick guy? How do I know him? Why is it my why is he in my feed? <laughs> I know he's we producing were, the documentary. Well, we were gonna ask you to like film it. We were the thing, we we're like, oh, we'll be done. Like, you know, we'll be done way before then. And then we just like it kept getting later and later, and we were just getting right up to the deadline. And then I'm like, oh wait, we're still editing. All right, it's going in, you know, and I feel bad. But I was like, yes, no, we we gotta do it, you know. So you know, you know what couldn't get in just because it was too recent was anime Wong being on the quarter. And that had just happened. Like there was no way that our legal team could spin that around and us find, I don't know, footage that we're that's licensed to use, like safe, right? Um, but that had just happened. And you can just see how far, you know, the argument I would make with this story is how far we've come as, you know, in the in the American culture scene, not just pop culture, but everything. And it's like anime Wong being on US currency, that it doesn't get more stamped than that. But yeah. we got the Linda Lindas in there at the Hollywood Bowl, and <laughs> yeah, that's what really awesome. matters. So, well. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for letting i mean I, i'm literally staring nick and i are staring at the people who helped make it happen so thank, thank you, guys you for all sharing your stories because they're we're amazing i mean martin we spent all day in your living room uh you you okay so you came to the living room you went to the circle jerks concert with us um, we went to little tokyo record mm -hmm. shopping and we walked over to traction street where the loft used to be across yeah. from crazy gideon's and then Eric's house, like you cleaned out the garage. That's like the most impressive thing that you carved out that path to the back room <laughs> and made it look so beautiful. That was like, you, I, I never dreamed it could look like that. That was, that was really cool. Like, were you stealing yourself from when we were like, oh yeah, we're going to film at like the office that it would look <laughs> real <enough>. <laughs> No, I, I thought I was going to play catch with Eric in the backyard. I brought my softball mitt. I know. I was like ready to hang out there and it, but it was full of stuff. Yeah. I know we were bugged. We actually left stuff out there all. And I feel bad. That was that was like a marathon session. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, I know. It, I think the office is the old office is was like a, a I see it or I saw it like a tomb. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like the door shut and I don't go in there type of thing. And I might go in there to store stuff or grab something really quick, but I spend no time in there. And uh, it was like that since the since the office was closed kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like when the magazine was done, it just became more and more stuff. It was just storage. So in that way, it's like a tomb, literally, like except no dead person, I don't think. But it was, you know what I mean? It was just like stuff, years and years and years of stuff. So like there's receipts from uh, 2007 in there still. You know what I mean? From like, It's still there. It was all good time. Dan. Filming Dan, Dan the Automator, like with Miwa, who we know from my son went to, you know, that was fun. That was in a tiny record store. And then she was hanging out in the check caching, you know, like where you go buy the records. And she was flipping through the magazines because we had them on standby. And then we're like, oh, Miwa, no, yeah, she wrote. So yeah, we turned the camera around and got you guys both, both on that. That was super fun. Oh, she couldn't. She, I was trying to get Miwa to join today, and Jenny Shimizu and Margaret and Cho, and uh, they couldn't. They all three of them couldn't make it. I was trying to get them all in. No. Yeah, unfortunately. But um, anyways, shoot, man. I guess we should just cut it now. We've gone for about an over an hour and fifteen at least. So, um, just want to say thank you, man. I appreciate everything, uh, both Nick and Dylan, and everybody who's involved. Uh, yeah. You know, shout out to I mean, everyone. Seriously. I know. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. And, yeah. Thanks. So I, had, I had nothing to do with the making of this film, and I just once okay. again, you guys have invited me to this very cool thing, and I totally appreciate you for it. I'm just here as oh, a no. fan. I'm just here as a fan. I'm like, you know, just, I'm standing in here. I don't know, man. You know, part of it is, I mean, it's kind of a, this Asian or Asian American magazine, but why, Jawbreaker for some reason fits into Giant Robots no matter what, right? It, it, it's kind of important to me anyway that I always feel like it's it's the indie band, an indie band that has music that for me is like um, spiritual. Like, you know, when I listen to it, uh, I think it's like there can be depressing songs, but then there's always some hope in a lot of them. And uh, I don't know, part of that is to me very giant robot. So, you know, that's why you're here too. Well, thank you. Yeah. We're not going to end it. We're not going to end it on 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 this. This is part of the lore, but it's part of the lore. It's all good. We put actually we put a Jawbreaker sticker. I think in the store scene. If you look, there's a Jawbreaker sticker, and uh, I think David, our DP, was a huge fan, and we were like, oh yeah, it's got to be Jawbreaker has to be represented as part of the story. That's the thing is so much of it just you couldn't get it all in. You know, ten thousand pages, all the people you've met. So you just find these really weird ways where you're like, maybe that'll be the meaningful way we can get it in quickly. Love it. Yeah. I like how it, there was one spread talking about like all the cool Asian people and they're like Blake is in that spread <laughs> <laughs> from when we interviewed him when he was with like Jets at the Troubadour or something. I'm like, yeah. there yeah. he is. <laughs> Influential Asian, Blake. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Honorary. Him and Adam. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are all always, Chris. You're always. all honorary. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Wait, but before we leave, before we leave, <laughs> um, Eric, like, okay, so you talked about going back to the pain, the pain <laughs> in the magazine together. Like, what is there anything that you miss about the magazine, particularly about doing the magazine that, that you think, yeah, that was really, that, that was. Oh, great. tons of things. Oh, yeah. It was an amazing experience. Well, what's, the, what's the thing that really like? What's the thing that you miss the most? Can I? Can oh, I it's work. It's work. It's working with everybody. It's the process, and you know what I mean. It's 
sometimes not even the final magazine. It's actually the process of making it. Sure. You know, the, the late nights and the working, the talking about what we're doing and some, you know, it's just the coming together of a bunch of ideas and, um, you know, working with Martin, yeah. Wendy, the, the team, everybody. I think, I think that's part of it, right? It's it's the process. It's not issue, even the final. We were it's not even the so, final, you know? Yeah, we were just so stoked about everything, right? Art, music, yeah. movies, toys, books, comics, food, tra you know, we were just stoked. Yeah, it's our life. It, you know, it's it. kind of like life or it's the it's it was life. It was life documented in print. So it wasn't quite like this thing where it's like, oh, I got to write this article, this thing I don't care about. No, it was like everything was this experience and this process. And uh, the end end result was one issue of a magazine. And then it's all, always off to the next one the next day. Right. So it wasn't really, uh, you know, it's, the magazines are a byproduct almost of life. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I, I look at it. You know, the magazine just happened to be there, <laughs> but we were out doing all this fun stuff. And yeah, that's kind of a good a, yeah, way. That's a document. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And we're still into all that stuff. Like we still do all those things, right? Go to book release things and art shows and cool movies and see bands. But um, we just don't make a magazine. That's all. <laughs> but we're still into all that stuff and yeah. we still do it. We're out there all the time and have friends that do all this rad stuff and write and record music and make art and it's that has not changed you know that was why we yeah. couldn't do a lame documentary i was like i cannot make a lame documentary about people who do the coolest stuff and yeah uh, it's not like we did that for 16 years and then stopped and then got you know like, i don't know whatever like some other square job or something you know because that was just I, us you know i have to say though i miss writing like I stopped writing after the magazine ended. Like that was the thing that made me wrote and I write. And I remember because I went to like a private high school where the English professor was this Yale PhD guy that made us write like a white intellectual, and I hated it. Right, <laughs> and so to to write in my own voice for that long it was amazing. And then when it when I stopped, it was like oh shit, I totally missed that, and I still haven't really written since then. Hmm. Yeah, that's a loss, Same. Daniel. You should. Yeah, I mean, you should. Yeah, no, I think about it all the time. I'm like, God, I, yeah. I should do. I should do it. I should do it, but I just have no outlet for it right now. You know, I was like, there's no outlet for it. So, but I think um, you're, uh, you're still on your, you know, on a journey of some sure, sort, right? Sure, you're still sure. on a journey. So, sure. uh, maybe, maybe when uh, you have time. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I, I cherish those days, and I, I, I loved it. It was awesome. Would they actually like pester you for articles or would you like pitch articles to them? It was like once I got into the inner circle, I remember that day when I was in the inner circle of the magazine and I was like, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm in the inner circle because, you know, I was a fan, right? This, this issue, I saw it in like I was, I was studying architecture and I was working for this architect and I went by this magazine store as I was measuring, doing measurements in one building. And I saw it in the window. And there's something in me goes, you know, it's funny that they say there's a magazine for you. I looked at it, I go, something about that is for me. And I went in there, I picked it up and I went, what the fuck is Asian American? And so, and then I wrote to Martin and I was like, I wrote to the magazine and I'm like, I want to write for you guys. You guys write about martial arts. I know about martial arts, right? And then we started to know each other. And then the first article I wrote was the, the week I, or two weeks after I arrived in Hong Kong. And I was not an actor then. I was just this kid that arrived in Hong Kong on a summer vacation, right? 
And then I grew and the magazine grew and we all grew like parallel together. Right. And so that was like really a cool thing. And so what was the question again? Sorry. No, you were, <laughs> you're kind of, I guess you're kind of answering. It was like, you know, did, did you pitch articles to them? Did they pitch oh, articles to you? Okay. Yeah. So, so what I was, I really enjoyed was like me and Martin became the, Martin was my point man. I didn't get to know Eric until a little bit later. And so I would go like, I'm doing this and this and this. And Martin would go, okay, write about that. Mm-hmm. So he was like an ed- a true editor. I was like, oh, I'm doing these things and this. And he's like, oh, go, go interview Sam Lee. Right. And I go do interview Sam Lee. And it was like that thing. And then after a while, I come up with my own ideas and then he'd, he'd vet them and then go, go for this one. And then it was cool. It was a really cool relationship. Yeah. But even before that, I remember um, I was in New York at the same time as you. And you're like, hey, we got to go see the Tokyo Shock Boys. These guys that like super glue their nuts and put firecrackers up their butts. Before Jackass, right? Yeah. So we went to that together. There was an article. And then there was another time I was in San Francisco and you were there. And we went to the Bruce Lee Museum together, remember? And that became an article. So I would just hang out with him and like make articles. Like before, I I think that was all before you were writing pieces even. I think the Bruce Lee Museum, I think I'd already been doing it. But but, but definitely Tokyo Shock Boys and that whole trip was the first time. I still didn't write for you yet. I still didn't get into the inner circle yet. Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, it's not going out and writing articles to write articles. It was just life. That's just what we did. Everything yep. we did was an article almost, yep. you know, yep. so hanging out means doing something that's going to be an article kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Um, So I know Claudine's got to go to sleep. She's on the East Coast. Yeah, she has a deadline uh, to me. <laughs> it's hella late, as they say. But anyways, dude, everybody, thank you so much for joining. I guess this is just the start. That's what I got to say. It's just the start. Repeats right. Friday, yeah. PBS SoCal, 8 p.m. There you go. Uh, it's available on all our websites, kcet.org, pbssocal.org, and pbs.org. It is also available on the PBS Passport app on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. 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 Okay. Well, we'll do this again soon, hopefully. Thank you, but everybody. thanks so much, everybody. Thank, Thank you for everybody. Thanks, thanks for, for everyone who's watching. Together, Eric. Thanks, oh, Dylan. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.